What's going on, guys? Welcome back to What's, Behind the Mask. What's up, freaks? Episode 9. Yeah, it's good to be back. We are back. Sorry for the delay. God damn it. <laughs> it's been a while. Probably about a month now. I think the last one we dropped is around, uh, what, Thanksgiving or so? Or that, no, was just, that was oh, a few days ago, fuck, dude. Fuck, I'm out of it, man. <laughs> Halloween, I mean. Oh, yeah, Halloween, man. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, about a month about a month ago. That just says it all right there, but... Um, yeah, yeah. Man, it's been a long month or two. Yeah. Yes, it has, man. We've had a lot of... Just the uh, past four weeks or so for me have just been stress-filled and shitty. Oh, yeah. Uh, just getting... Doing work on our house and... Yeah. All kinds of just... All kinds of shit, so... I'm extremely glad to be here doing another show right now. <laughs> yeah. As you can probably tell, we've been pro- pretty absent on the Facebook as well, so we apologize uh, for apologies. that. Apologies. It's just the... Tis the season, right? Uh, yeah. We got a, a lot of shit to worry about, but... Uh, yeah, we got... Uh, a little review for you here uh, in this show. I'm very excited about this one yeah. too. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna reserve uh, all my comments for the actual review here in sure, a little bit, sure. but uh, yeah, I'm very excited to uh, to talk about this film, uh, The Last Circus. The Last Circus, yeah. Yes. And yeah, we'll uh, get into that here in the next couple segments, and, uh, and we're actually going to be I don't know are, are we going to be absent uh, Red Rocket this uh, this show. Yeah, we might be. He might be in one of these segments. Uh, okay. we'll, we'll surprise you if it's in there. If it's yeah. in there, but uh, and I don't know. He's he's changing his name to Goose now. Uh, he's, he's Mother Goose. Uh, I, <laughs> Mother Goose. I've always called him the Goose ever since high school. I don't yeah. know why, but like a Top Gun uh, thing. Or? Yeah, I don't know. I something something sexual. I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, back in the day. It just kind of stuck. But uh, right on. Yeah, I, I was I. Just changed my name. I I'm a symbol now. Oh, you're a symbol. Yeah, I'm, I'm the, the artist formerly known yeah, as Lush. The drunk formerly known as the Lush. Oh, the drunk. Okay. <laughs> my symbol. My symbol shaped like a giant cock. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm still. I'm still just the Lush. <laughs> <laughs> the artist formerly known. <laughs> then you could just change it to the the cock. Yeah. Or, uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna say that. Just be the cock. <laughs> <laughs> But nope, yeah. still the lush. Yeah, but uh, he might be joining us. Uh, trying to figure that out as we speak. But um, yeah, we got uh, any uh, any news you want to talk about? Or you know, I don't really have much news this time. Uh, There's not yeah, not a whole lot of news right now. Um, and convention season, of course, is kind of winding down. So. Yeah, I mean, there's some stuff coming up. You know, first part of uh, the next year, which. I'm sure we'll get into on the next show. Yeah. Because, um, well, hopefully we'll we'll do one more show here before the end of the year. 
Oh um, yeah, we'll we'll definitely do that. But so we'll get into that. You know, the conventions and upcoming conventions and stuff on the next show. I'll I'll do a little digging. You know, maybe the first couple of months of uh, of the new year and all that, and let you guys know what's coming. Yeah, I've been looking a little bit around. Uh, I checked out Whorehound's website and. Uh, they had a they had a few celebrities. I think they might have been having like a Day of the Dead, like zombie reunion or something, or <laughs> some kind of Day of the Dead reunion, which is you know one of my probably my favorite movie out of any of them. So that might be up my alley to check that out. But it also has uh, I think whose headline in it was uh, God, what was her name uh, from Species? Oh, Natasha Hensley. Natasha Hensley. Yeah. Yeah. I guess she's headlining, which really doesn't, you know, give me a hard-on. I had a big old 12-year-old hard-on well, when that movie came out. Yeah, but it's not somebody <laughs> I really care about meeting. Yeah, no, I, yeah. now I could really give two shits, but um, like, maybe if I was still 12. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's no Corey Feldman or <laughs> Eddie Furlong or yeah, anything like yeah. that. Come on now. Um, which well, that was, was that the one we've been talking about uh, trying to get out to, wasn't it? Yeah, that, and the one that already happened. Yeah, in like Mar- or March. That one was March. Yeah, yeah, was, coming up in March. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that was the that that one was last March. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah, we'll we'll give you some uh, news about that probably next episode, and um, got some few DVD releases. Blu-ray releases we want to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the first one I want to throw out there was uh, Don't Open Till Christmas. It's a, uh, I think it's kind of a slasher Christmas movie. Um, it's, it's put out by Mondo. And uh, basically, I think this is the first time it's been released in the U.S. Yeah, it's from, from the producers of uh, the film Pieces. Yeah. Which is a fucking classic. And that should be coming out here December 6th. And we've been actually trying to track, you know, track it down from contacted them, so maybe we can get a review about that on the show. It'd be great to do like a Christmas special. Yeah, Christmas review. It's something I haven't seen before, and uh, I mean, a lot of people are excited about the releasing. So, um, yeah, keep an eye out for that. If you know, if it gets you hard, then might as well you know check it out. But oh yeah, uh, that one. Then also. Uh, well, this one won't get you hard. Uh, the Fright Night remake will be coming out here in the next few weeks, um, which you know I saw in the theaters because uh, I had the whole double date action going on, and they wanted to see Fright Night, so I was like, "Yeah, I'm game." And I would have said, "Nah, go fuck yourself." Nah, <laughs> walked out of there with uh, twenty four less dollars in my pocket, and I'm very pissed off. And uh, uh, let's just say it wasn't the greatest of nights, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Fright Night, for those of you that enjoy, well, vampires, and I don't even It's got to be better than Twilight, right? And you had to bring that up, because I did. I had to bring it up. something I have to talk about. Yes, yes. Um, Yeah, Riverman uh, took his old lady to go see Twilight for her birthday. It was her birthday, so. Let's just say it it wasn't the greatest of films. I was uh, (laughs) kind of bored out of my mind. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I've seen seen the first one years ago, and uh, of course never seen any since, but... um, I didn't know what was going on. Basically, they were sitting in a um, sitting on an island, like uh, talking about having sex, and then finally having sex. And she has some kind of vampire baby, and uh, basically, she looks hot, really hot in the beginning, and then towards the end, she looks like you know near death, like she looks deathly ill. 
But in the so, next movie, um, she'll be a shiny, pretty vampire. Pretty much. <laughs> and yeah, she she got bitten. Spoiler alert. <laughs> and uh, yeah, she'll be a uh, she'll be a bloodsucker now. So, um, yeah. but uh, I do find her pretty attractive, though. I mean. A lot of people shit on her, but I mean, she she's not a great actor. No, I, yeah. I find her, you know, I find her attractive though. Yeah, she's cute. I mean, yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of her acting wise, but no. You know, the the only one thing I did think she was okay in was um, Adventureland. No, I still haven't even seen that. Actually, it was um, Into the Wild. Oh yeah, she was. When she was like that trailer bitch, <laughs> and that was yeah, it was one of my favorite films actually. She was really oh great good movie, that. great movie. Yeah, she had a, a small part in that, but yeah. I thought she, you know, I think maybe with her less is more, you know. Yeah, because it was a small part. I totally and forgot she, she was in that. Yeah, yeah. Sweet, she I was go strips back to down that. to her underwears and tries to get a piece of uh, Christopher McCandless. Yeah, uh, McCandless. Yeah, twelve incher. But, uh, <laughs> His legend lives on, apparently. That's right. <laughs> Lived in a bus, and he had the. Okay, let's. I uh, got this twelve inches of cock, and nowhere to put it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Guess I'll just stick it in the snow and freeze to death. <laughs> I'm, so- I'm sorry. Eating fucking twigs and berries. Yeah. Sorry. Um. <laughs> then try to cross a river when I, I look like a skeleton because I'm so damn hungry. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, off that topic. Um, what's the last thing? Oh yeah, Intruder oh. on Blu-ray. Uh, that it's should be coming out December thirteenth. Uh, we were lucky enough to get our screener from Synapse this week, so stay tuned for some review. Of Intruder that. review. Yeah, I don't know if we'll maybe do that on the next show, or maybe we'll get a video review up of it, or something. One of us will, or. But yeah, yeah, keep an eye out for that. Uh, I just threw one up of uh, Frankenhooker. They they sent us Frankenhooker, and also be looking out for uh, um, uh, what's it, Maniac Cop, mm-hmm. and also uh, what do you do yet? You got one too. South of Heaven. South of Heaven. Um, yeah, speak. I mean, we might as well talk a little bit about um, about this. I mean, we get we uh, got these movies from Synapse Films. Yeah. Um, great, great company. We love those guys. They put out fucking awesome stuff, mm-hmm. um, and they've been nice enough to send us stuff. And, um, yeah, the, I mean, the, the last, I think, bunch we got was Maniac Cop, Frankenhooker, and, and South of Heaven, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Maniac Cop and Frankenhooker were both on Blu-ray. Yeah. And, uh, like you said, he, uh, Riverman just did a, uh, video review for Frankenhooker, mm-hmm. um, which, uh, is up on the YouTube page. Great, great movie if you like, you know, 90s cheese, like Dead Alive type of mm-hmm. uh, Hen and Water Yeah, Hen and Water stuff. brilliant. I mean, I mean, he did the the Basket Case movie yeah. and uh, Brain Damage and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So if you're a fan of that, check it out. How was the Blu-ray? Did it look? It looked pretty solid, man. Pretty nice. uh, I, I think it gave it like a 7 out of 10, the, the Blu-ray and special features. I don't think the special features were in HD, but uh, mm-hmm. um, overall, I mean, it looked pretty, pretty solid for, uh, you know, for that that transfer, but um, Sweet. I was happy with that. I was happy. That was the first time I actually saw the film. Yeah. So uh, I was very happy with the film. I really enjoyed it. It reminded me of something like that or an Evil Ed. Yeah. Um, I yeah. think we talked about that a little bit, but yeah. Uh, that early '90s feel. I just I really dug it. So uh, yeah, mm-hmm. check out there if you guys are, if you guys are interested in that and uh, cool. uh, look for the Maniac Cop in South of Heaven. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be getting on uh, the South of Heaven video review here soon. Um, I'll just say right now, it was a fucking amazing film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I absolutely fucking loved it. 
Um, yeah, you've been t- really talking it up, man. Oh, I'm man. Really as a, to check it out. As a fan, because I, I think, well, some of our listeners know that I'm a fan of, uh, you know, old school film noir stuff. And this was kind of done in that style. Mm-hmm. And so it was just, uh, it struck a chord with me. It was, oh, it was yeah. kind of near and dear to me um, for that reason. And uh, I just, I really enjoyed it, man. It was a brilliant, brilliant movie, I thought. So um, I'll shut up about that and I'll let you, I'll let you wait until the, uh, the video review comes. And uh, I'll talk more about it there. Oh yeah. Well, and then we'll yeah, I'm like pretty, you said, we'll get up, uh, get something up on the Maniac Cop also. Yeah, which uh, I'm looking forward to that one too. I, you know what? I started watching a little. I mean, I'm guilty of saying this. I started watching a little bit, but uh, ended up passing out that night. So <laughs> it's yeah. one of the one of those things where, of course, I'm going to re rewatch it and. Uh, you know, post a review on it. But you know, I, I passed out last night watching a really intense movie. So, <laughs> yeah, nice. So you know, that? that happens. Called Kidnapped. Oh, okay. Um, I had heard nothing but great things about it, and I saw that it was out on DVD, and just happened to be kind of browsing Netflix last night, and saw that it's streaming on Netflix. Mm. Um, so I was fucking ecstatic about it, and um, I actually rewatched um, the Last Circus <laughs> last yeah. night. Uh, just to have it a little more fresh in my head, and then uh, watch started watching Kidnapped afterwards, and um, ended up falling asleep. But so far, it was pretty intense. Uh, really good, kind of like home invasion type of flick. Oh, those are um, my favorite. Yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty good. The only thing that killed it, it's I think the movie's from Spain, mm-hmm. and the only thing that oh, the only drawback of that movie, and I hate that they did it, was the movie was dubbed, and it just uh, you know I think dubbing is only good in like. Old school seventies Italian yeah, yeah. Italian horror films, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's it just it just works for those. But for this one, it totally took away from the actors' performances. Um, I hope I don't know if the DVD release has like a subtitled version you can watch. I hope to God that it does. Um, yeah. But the dubbing was just terrible. Um, not that it was like um, out of sync or anything like that, but the 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 voiceover actors. Just suck asshole. Yeah. Um, and it just totally took away from the performances of the the real actors that were in the movie. Um, so that was unfortunate. But other than that, I mean, it's so far it was pretty intense. I still have to finish it. But hmm. um, so yeah, that was you know, I passed out for that. So it it happens, man. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. One of the ones I uh, movies I kind of watched recently was. Uh, it's a movie called Dirty Mary Crazy Larry. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, a six or 70s grindhouse type of flick and car chase, robbery, all that good stuff mixed into this movie. Peter Fonda. Um, star- starring Peter Fonda, <laughs> one of the greats. Mm-hmm. Love Peter Fonda. And Suzanne George was also in it. And um, it was, I mean, it was just a fun movie, man. It's, uh, you know, the car chase scenes were great. Fonda, of course, was the the, the, the driver and everything. And... I'm trying to think. He was like an ex-race car driver, ended up robbing a grocery store, and uh, Suzanne George is actually like, you know, the town, you know, turning tricks on the street, you know, the town village bicycle type of thing. Woohoo! So, uh, you know, she took a liking to Peter Fonda and um, basically wanted to get out of town with him. And uh, Who wouldn't take a liking to Peter Fonda? Exactly. So <laughs> they end up, uh, him and his other partner, they end up, you know, robbing this grocery store taking the money and uh there's your uh, car chase scene for the rest of the movie and uh, <laughs> it just uh it doesn't disappoint man it's uh streaming on netflix right now it's 
I think they just re-released it on <clears throat> DVD because uh, I know it was released before, but it was hell out of print. You had to pay a pretty penny for it, so I've been looking for it for a while now, and uh, finally got to watch it. And I, I got to say, this is one of my favorite like car chase type of movies. And um, if you're a, P- I'm a huge Peter Fonda fan, so hell yeah, hell yeah. Uh, if you love Peter Fonda, definitely check this one out. So awesome. Um, that one was pretty much the highlight of what I watched recently. Um, oh, one one other one actually. Yeah, theater wise, uh, was the new Harold and Kumar movie. Oh, you went and saw that? Yeah, nice. My old lady took me to go see that. Uh, let's see, a few weeks ago now, and basically it's you know a, kind of a Christmas Harold and Kumar movie. We love the first two, and um, basically you know Harold and Kumar aren't friends anymore, and uh, they end up. Uh, I think Santa sends some package to Kumar. And uh, he brings it to Harold, and they start reuniting after they open it up, and it's a it's a joint, a giant joint. <laughs> and then the joint burns his tree down, and they need to hunt for a tree. So basically, they're looking for a Christmas tree. The whole movie, um, and it's it's just a fun movie, man. It's a uh, it's it's in three D, and it's the type of movie where you have to see in three D. Um, because uh, the 3D gimmicks the, in it? Was the, it? Yeah, because they pretty much poke, poking fun at 3D. Oh, okay. And the actual 3D in the movie is fucking great. So, nice. You know, they're like blowing like smoke out into your face when they're, you mm-hmm. know, taking bong rips or whatever. Or whatever. But, um, yeah, I would recommend going at, going to see it not sober. So, um, <laughs> but it's definitely, if you're into Harold and Kumar, check it out, man. It's Bobby Lee's in it, you know. Neil Patrick Harris makes his cameo. Oh, yeah, NPH. Where he pretends he's not gay, which is the funny thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, he pretends he's gay, uh, then he pretends he's not gay. So it's kind of funny. So I love the line, like I saw on the on the, on the the uh, previews for it, she, that he's like with that chick or whatever. She's like, I thought you were gay. He's like, yeah, gay for that pussy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line, gay for that pussy. I think she ends up punching him out or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, NPH. He basically tries to lure women back into his room just so he can, uh, you know. Turn it, you know, turn the tides on him. That is some some good sleaze, right yeah, there. Yeah, that's man. pretty ballsy there for NPH. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I liked it. Hell yeah! What about you? Um, I got a couple that I've watched uh, recently here. Um, got a couple written down, and then a couple that uh, I know that I've watched, and I just cannot remember what they were now. <laughs> um, but no, I watched. Uh, Flick called Bereavement, yeah, um, which I did a video review for. Uh, it's up on the YouTube page um, and HorrorHappyHour.com. Um, I believe you can find it on there. I'm not sure, um, but uh, yeah, no, it was pretty good. It's got a uh, Michael Bean in it. Oh yeah, um, and it's kind of a, a prequel to um, a film called Malevolence um, mm. by the same director. Um, Malevolence was more of just like a straight up slasher flick. This one kind of gives you the backstory of the killer. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was pretty. It was pretty good, man. I, I enjoyed it. Um, for all my thoughts on that, you can check out the video review. Does he play play the Kyle Reese part pretty well. <laughs> he uh, he plays the uh, the uh, concerned uncle um, in oh, the film. Okay. This this girl, her parents die in a car accident, and she uh, goes to live with her aunt and uncle out in the country, and. Um, so her uncle is Michael Bean, and um, you know there's the uh, you know obligatory you know shit where 
uh, she meets a kid from the wrong side of the tracks and, you know, her uncle doesn't approve of it. And there's a scene where they go out and they park the car somewhere and Mm -hmm. they're kind of making out and her uncle pulls up in his pickup and kind of pulls her out of the car. And he's like, you stay away from my niece. The old uncle Buck. You bum. Yeah. So that kind of (laughs) shit, which, you know, that was one of the drawbacks for me from that movie. But I guess it was it was a necessary evil. You two face son Um, of a jackal. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so there was that one, and yeah, like I said, if you know you want to hear my full take on it, uh, check out the review on our YouTube page. Cool. Um, and there was another one called The Coffin, mm-hmm. uh, which was a Thai film, which I did a re- video review for, um, but I took it down because I was absolutely hammered when I did it, <laughs> and I watched it a couple days later, and I'm like, holy fuck, that's awful. So I took it down, and I'm gonna I'm gonna redo that one. Um, but a very interesting, uh, interesting Thai film that one was. Um, it's uh, you know it wasn't a straight up horror movie like a lot of Asian you know um, you know a lot of your Asian ghost stories you, you're kind of you know getting a lot of the same shit. Um, this one it wasn't the case for this one. Uh, if I had to categorize it, I'd call it more of like a supernatural drama mm-hmm. almost. It was like a drama with some supernatural elements to it. It did have some scares and stuff, but sure. um, pretty good movie. I mean, um, it was it was worth a watch. I thought um, so. I'll be I'll be redoing a uh, video review for that one. And then uh, one other one that I watched recently was um, the uh, I believe the second installment in the August Underground series, which was uh, Mortem. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> wow, yeah, what can you say about those, man? Um, it was fucked up. It was fucked up. Take some uh, cojones to watch those. Yeah, yeah, and I still gotta, I still gotta watch Penance yet, the third installment. But uh, yeah, Mortem was pretty fucked up, man. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Yeah, I won't say much more about it, but uh, there's one scene towards the end there that is just, oh god, the whole movie just makes you feel dirty. Those movies just make you feel dirty. Yeah, um, like you want to go take a shower after oh, watching. Oh, great! Though. And I love them for it. Yeah, yeah. I, I love them for that. You know, I. Uh, Actually, I just sent the, uh, I had an extra copy of the first August Underground, and uh, I sent that out to my uh, my cousin's fiance, and because, uh, well, I sent that out along with a copy of a Serbian film, mm-hmm. uh, which he wanted to uh, to show his, uh, his bandmates, <laughs> and uh, so I sent him out a copy of August Underground also, and I got a, um, a text message maybe, I don't know, a week or so later, and he said, dude, is that August Underground movie real? And so, just to fuck with him, I sent him a text back and I said, I don't know, it could be. I just found it laying on the side of a road somewhere. <laughs> and he's like, are you serious? And then, then uh, I just let him stew in that for a little while. Nice. And then uh, a little while later, he sends me a text. He's like, hey, I just watched it with commentary, so it can't be real, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, nah, dude, I was just fucking with you. Chill out. <laughs> but yeah so that's uh yeah i mean i know there was other movies that i watched and i just they have a bunch too but i i can't really think right now yeah we can i mean we can go on for hours about shit we watched recently oh of course we don't want to do a whole show on that now no maybe got some other shit to talk about <laughs> yeah we want uh, one thing i want to talk about was uh black friday um Riverman kind of blew his load a little bit on some Blu-rays yeah, on uh, Black Friday. There you on, go. Uh, Amazon and some other places. I ended up picking up uh, Total Recall 
And the Running Man for five dollars at uh, Target. Target. Oh, no. for all you. Um, yeah, so you get to see uh, Arnold's pretty face in Blu-ray. Um, to see him in that tight jumpsuit and Running Man. I I love Running Man. It, <laughs> running it doesn't get the awesome. respect that it that it deserves, oh, man. Fucking sweet. Killian. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Richard Dawson, man. Yeah. Former former host of Family Feud in that bitch. Yeah. <laughs> First Sub-Zero, now Plane Zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, great, yeah, great flick. Gotta love Running Man. Of course, Total Recall is probably one of our favorites. Oh, yes. If not our favorite uh, Arnold film. Film. And fuck, you gotta love five dollar Blu-rays oh, for Christ's sakes, Jesus! Yeah. How how great is that? No, it's yeah, it's it's phenomenal. I picked those up. I also uh, uh, talked the old lady into picking up Land of the Dead for me when she was at Walmart at you know two in the morning. <laughs> nice for five bucks. So uh, picked that one up. Uh, I've been putting that one off because I'm not a huge Land of the Dead geek, but uh, you know, it's starting to grow back on me that. Old Big Daddy, of course, kind of kills it for me, but um, <laughs> gotta love Leguizamo. Uh, and, uh, Dennis Hopper! Dennis Hopper! <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I got that one. Uh, then I also picked up, uh, to make it complete, I picked up Dawn and Day on Blu ray. Nice. And I ended up, uh, you know, popping those in for, see the quality of them, and the quality looks phenomenal. Like, um, I could, you know, I can't even believe it, but, um, the lush here needs to get himself a goddamn Blu-ray player. Yeah, and you know what? I was uh, <laughs> I was actually thinking about uh, on Black Friday. I was looking for Blu-ray players because I was I was gonna buy you one. I was like, oh yeah, fuck. I was gonna fucking buy you one. Dude. Awesome. <laughs> I, I didn't even think about it until recently. I was like, damn, I just need to buy him a fucking Blu-ray player. I can lend him all these Blu-rays. So. <laughs> Um, Maybe one of these days I'll, I'll buckle and get a fucking PS3 and just yeah, you can you do know, that too. Do that way. Want. That way. I can play games and shit too <laughs> but uh yeah it's uh you know i got those on the cheap too so basically uh whatever uh, i can find on the cheap i think uh, uh the old lady also picked up uh super eight but uh mm. i think we ended up wrapping that one up we're gonna watch it on christmas so i hear that looks phenomenal on blu-ray and the audio quality yeah, is heard, amazing too i heard good things about that yeah movie. i heard the movie's really good too yeah, yeah. i don't know if it's kind of like a kind of like a stand by me slash uh science fiction type yeah like stand by me with aliens or something yeah <laughs> which uh I, I heard great things i wanted to actually see it in the theaters but uh yeah never end up getting around to it so yeah i heard it was phenomenal my like my my, my grandpa actually he's uh He's a real, like, old-school sci-fi fan, mm-hmm. you know, like, from the 50s and 60s. And, you know, he likes, like, uh, The Day the Earth Stood Still oh, and This Island one. Earth yeah. and, you know, shit like that. Um, which are really, I mean, they're goofy now when you watch yeah. them. Um, I mean, at the time, you know, I, I, my grandpa always is telling me stories of how scared shitless he was of mm-hmm. some of these movies, you know, when he was a kid back when he watched them. But uh, he, uh, you know, so, of course... Any movie nowadays, he's he's all about special effects. You know, he he loves the special effects. So uh, he of course went and saw Super Eight, and he just he fucking raved about it. And he said it made him it it, uh, it felt like he was uh, you know a kid you know going yeah. to see you know he was all excited about it. And it was it I was, hear yeah it does it does give you that feeling yeah kind of a nostalgic kind of yeah. you know um, which is cool you know kind I, of an E T type of movie yeah right and you know I've heard people say that like J J Abrams is like kind of 
going to be the new Spielberg now, yeah. which, I mean, obviously Spielberg got behind Super 8, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he produced it, didn't he? Yeah, okay. right, right. Um, so, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what, what else comes from him. I'm looking forward to watching it. I've, yeah. This should be a... Should be a good time, but uh, yeah, yeah sure. let us know what you guys think about it too. If you guys have seen it, uh, yeah, throw something out to us. And uh, oh, uh, you know, while I'm thinking about it, a couple other DVDs, I wanted to mention uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Yes, is out on DVD now. Okay, uh, still have yet to see that one. God damn it! But um, I'm hoping since it is a magnet release, um, it seems like Magnet has been uh, putting their stuff. Streaming on Netflix pretty damn quick. Yeah. I know they did with like 13 Assassins and Hobo with a Shotgun and a few others. Um, so I'm hoping that one hits Netflix here pretty soon streaming. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you, I believe you can get it on DVD um, on there, but um, it should be. I, I would think it would be streaming here pretty soon. Yeah. Um, so there's that one. That movie Kidnapped that I was talking about earlier, that's on DVD now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also streaming. Another one I saw on DVD was... Um, uh, Chillerama, which is kind of like a, an anthology yeah. uh, type of movie, kind of like creep show type of deal uh, with a few different directors. One of them was uh, Adam Green, who did Hatchet or the Hatchet films and uh, Frozen. And there were uh, three other directors. I can't remember who they are now, um, but it looked pretty cool. A lot of lot of um, genre actors. Um, it's a weird looking cover of the film. It's like too. oh, it looks it's, great. Yeah, it's like it's like an old school like you know artist artists like took time and actually uh, yeah, it looks really really cool. It's kind of weird little cover too, so. and it it seems like a fun movie. So that one is on DVD and it's also streaming on Netflix now. Is that yes oh, okay. yes? So I, I plan on checking that that one out very soon here. Yeah. Um, so there was those, and then one other one. It looked, I think, I believe it's more of like a dark comedy. It's called Lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually shot in our neck of the woods here in uh, Omaha, nice. and uh, stars Colin Hanks. And um, there was a few other well-known actors in it. I don't remember who now, um, but uh, it's it's about this dude that wins the lottery, and uh, this chick that he's been obsessed with, I think, for a long time finally starts to pay him attention because she wants his money, but little does she know that he's actually a serial killer. Mm -hmm. Um, So the concept is really, really cool, um, and I'd really like to check it out. It sounds like a great setup for a good dark comedy, so um, that one is actually available on DVD now also. So check that out if you want to see some uh, some good Omaha scenery. So yeah, I don't know about good Omaha scenery, (laughs) but I want to see a bunch of corn... uh People walking backwards into a cornfield. Oh, <laughs> there's more to Nebraska than corn. Yeah. Like beef. Beef, yeah. <laughs> got steaks and no. we got coal. Omaha, you know, Omaha isn't too bad. No, it's a city, man. It's a city, you know. It's, ain't a bunch of country bumpkins up here. No, nah, but there's quite a few. You there's a lot. Them. You see a bunch of cowboys with their fucking boots and their... Fucking chew yeah. in the back oh, if, pocket. If you drive away from Omaha, if you drive west out of Omaha, you're going to start seeing a bunch of like uh, anti-abortion billboards oh, yeah. with dead fetuses on them and stuff. And I've seen them, believe me. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I used to work a job where I did a lot of work, you know, in, in small towns and stuff all throughout Nebraska. And yep, you see those. Bunch of country bumpkins. Yep. Country cousin fuckers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I reckon we get on to the next topic, though. I reckon we should. I don't know. Should we just go ahead and take a little break here? Yeah, let's take a break. And maybe uh, we'll come back with something. I don't know. Maybe like a major announcement. 
Yeah, I think we got a major announcement maybe a little bit later <laughs> or maybe soon or yeah, I don't know. At some point, keep listening. All right, you're listening to Behind the Mask. Yeah. Attention podcast shoppers. If you have a sweet tooth, we have a special treat for you. If you download an episode of Profondo Cinema in the next half hour, we'll give you a bag of audio ear candy free to take home to the kitties or enjoy yourself. So, hurry and download an episode at ProfondoCinema.com. Peter Fonda and Susan George are Dirty Mary and Crazy Larry. Anytime you want out, you just holler. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, baby. Those gonna get you if you don't go out. At least they're gonna try. Hey, hold it! Coming at you down every road, and at you in the sky. I want them to stop. Stop how? Fresh right into them. Susan George are Dirty Mary and Crazy Larry. They don't call them that for nothing. Hey guys, welcome back. Hey, what's going on, people? What's yeah. up? <laughs> hey, how, how you doing? Man? What's going on, man? Should we uh, should we we start this segment out with our with our little announcement? Yeah, let's do it. Um, basically. One of the reasons why we've been MIA for the past month or so is we've been working out, trying to get a website up for you guys. Um, we wanted, of course, to have our podcast up there. We wanted to have reviews, um, interviews, as much stuff as we can up there. We launched this, sort of launched the site. We're, it's still a work in progress. It's being, It's still being worked on, but there is content up there, so... Um, it's BehindTheMaskPresents.com BehindTheMaskPresents BehindTheMaskPresents <laughs> Sounds like uh, com. Like Alfred Hitchcock Presents Exactly We don't know what the Presents stands for But the Presents was the only thing well, that really we're, fit we're, present, we're presenting you with video reviews and fucking podcasts and yeah. fucking interviews and fucking yeah all kinds of fucking. shit fucking and some fucking there might be some fucking on there you never know <laughs> hey you never know you never know with these guys you never know you never know it's like Arnold was saying <laughs> but uh yeah we're gonna be uh you know coming out with new content on there we're still you know trying to we're gonna be adding stuff 
pretty frequently. I mean, yes. we might be adding deleting, so bear yeah. with us here. We're we're trying to get with our web guy and try to get everything worked out still. And um, and you know the the big I, I think the the big thing the big thing that we're going to kick it off with, which it could be up by the time you guys hear the show, is our interview with um, the Soska sisters, uh, Sylvia and Jen, mm-hmm. who did Dead Hooker in a Trunk, and uh, Goose's interview with. Uh, Daniel Tidwell, mm-hmm. uh, YouTube sensation Daniel Tidwell. Oh, he's yeah, hell of a musician. Ex- so, uh, oh yeah, fuck, amazing guitar player. Yeah, he plays some great uh, video game music, and yeah. uh, he he just I don't know he has a, he's a lot of cool shit out there. So uh, yeah, check that out uh, w- once we get it up, of course. Yeah, we're gonna. Uh, I think that'll be like the official like you know kind of kickoff mm-hmm. of the website once we get those uh, those interviews up because. Um, both, both really, really great interviews, man. Oh God, the Soska sisters. Soska sisters. Wow. Oh, they're great. I, I really regret that it's taken so long for us to get this put up. We were, we were, we've been waiting for the website to get up and running because um, we did want to make it a big deal and kick the website off with their interview mm-hmm. um, because it was such a great interview. I, oh man, I can't wait for you guys to hear it because we really enjoyed it. And, oh yeah, and those chicks. I mean, they. They they don't hold back. So. No, they're just as dirty as we are. Yeah, cuss just as much. Oh yeah, <laughs> you're not your typical they broad. Got dirty pirate hooker mouths. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> my 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 twin dirty pirate hookers. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> Great ladies, man. Oh yeah. So that's uh, that's that. So yeah, definitely be sure to check out behindthemaskpresents.com. dot com. Mm-hmm. That's where you're gonna. You know, be able to find all of our shit here. You know, as uh, as time goes on, as we said, it's still being worked on. But you know, uh, go there and check it out. You know, from time to time, and see what new is on there. And we're going to be getting uh, as much new stuff up there as we can, and as quick as we can. So yeah, we're basically now trying all the archive. You know, like uh, episodes. Yeah, all, all the those, shows. Yep, all the shows, and uh, we have we're linked up to our uh, Facebook page on there. So. Um, if you haven't already, I mean, go like the Facebook page and uh, our, yeah. our YouTube page is up there as well. So you're yeah. going to be seeing some reviews up there and maybe a few written reviews for you too. Yeah. So uh, we're going to, yeah, I mean, as time goes on, there's going to be just all kinds of, you know, different shit. I want to talk to different people about different things. And so we'll have a, a good variety for you. And the thing about the website is it's just going to open up so many doors. Like, uh, there's so many interviews that I want, but, I mean, there's it's, it's just too hard if you don't have a web, uh, website. A website? A website launched. A website launched. Um, yeah. So, uh, hopefully this opens up yeah. a few doors for us. And, shit, I mean, we've had great interviews so oh, yeah. far. So, I agree. Um, hopefully this website will just go make us, you know, go over, over and above, you know? Exactly. I I absolutely love the interviews that we've done so far. And yeah. Yeah, hopefully this will just, you know, keep getting us, you know, good interviews like like what we've had, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, oh, I agree. So, that's that's that. That was our that's our announcement. Yeah. Um what else uh did you want to talk about this segment? Oof. Um I know there was something. Was there any uh, movies to clear a room or any? Uh, oh yeah, one of our one of our from like goddamn, well, like uh, the first episode or yeah. two. Um, 
you know, one of the one of the segments that we did uh, quite a while back, uh, you know, we did a, a movies to clear a room segment. Um, I think the the one that we did before we talked about August Underground, mm-hmm. uh, or we you know mentioned it, and uh, for this one, I want to mention the uh, the the Vomit Gore trilogy um, oh, yeah. from uh, Lucifer Valentine. Uh, <laughs> the funny thing is, uh, uh, before you talk about it, uh, uh, Lush, you got this. You got this in the mail from Netflix, I think, on a DVD. The first one, Slaughtered Vomit yeah. Dolls, is the first installment. Slaughtered Vomit yeah. Dolls. You brought this thing over, and you're like, dude, dude, you got to check this movie out. I was like, nah, okay, Slaughtered Vomit Dolls. I'm when like, I, you know, when I brought it, I'm gonna stop you. When I brought it over, yeah. I hadn't even watched the trailer yet. Oh shit! Okay, so, because yeah. I didn't want to put it on at my house because the kids were up and everything, <laughs> so I brought it over here, yeah. and uh, I was like, hey, let's at least check out the trailer for this, yeah. so that we watch the trailer and yeah, watch the trailer. Uh, I made sure the old lady was in the other room for this one, <laughs> and this thing just made me want to fucking vomit and slaughter something slaughter myself dude. <laughs> this thing looks this thing's disgusting i never even seen the movie but he, he showed me the trailer i was like take this shit out of my house you know that sort of thing is i mean there's just certain things that i can't i mean that make me sick just watching so uh yeah go on yeah. well no yeah i mean they're very i mean it's yeah very disgusting i mean it's uh I mean the the title of the first, you know, you kind of get the idea. It's called Slaughtered Vomit Dolls, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's really the film is really abstract. You know, it's uh, well, not real. Ab- I guess kind of abstract, but it just uh, you know, it doesn't follow like a, a linear plot. It's kind of yeah. all over the place and really, I guess avant garde. I guess you could call it. Um, but it's uh yeah definitely strange very gross out you know type of stuff um people like there's one scene in slaughter vomit dolls where a guy pukes into a beer mug drinks it and then pukes it back up and then drinks it again um (laughs) and these these are like I, i guess these people that are in the film are like this is for real what they're into. Like they're they're like vomit fetish people. Just sick fucks, um, you ask me. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, there's that one. Um uh the second there's three films in the series actually. God. Um the second film, which is looked I haven't watched it yet. I do have it on DVD, I haven't watched it yet. Um it's called Regurgitated Sacrifice. <laughs> um and uh, kind of more of the same, but this one looks a lot more stylized. I think there's, um, you know, depictions of um, somebody in hell, which hell is kind of like all white backgrounds and just like gore and vomit and just all kinds of nastiness. Um, so there's, I don't know, all kinds of stuff going on with that. I haven't watched it yet, like I said, but um, there's all that. And then the third one, you know, I don't even, I don't have that one. And I don't remember the name of it now. Um, something with vomit. vomit or gore or something. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you're looking to be, like, grossed out or shocked or if you want a, you know, a good, like, gross-out movie to throw on, like, you know, if you're having a party and there's people that are, you know, um, have strong stomachs and, you know, kind of just want to see something fucked up, throw one of those on and uh, see if it does clear the room because... 
It very well could, and that's why I, uh, you know, pick that one for our movie, movies to clear her room segment. Yeah, go eat a China buffet and watch that fucking movie. <laughs> Good luck to you, people. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's uh, yeah, that's all I got for that that's, segment. That's your movie. I we were also talking. I kind of want to throw out your uh, your number one holiday. I mean, this can be like you know Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. Christmas. It doesn't have to be horror. Just yeah. that one movie you have to watch yeah. this time of season. Yeah. Because I mean, there's so many that I love, but um, I mean, I have a very select few that I you know can't go without. Sure. And uh, which one would that be for you? Uh, well, for for me, I know like our family, we actually we didn't do it this year, unfortunately. But um, in years past, at Thanksgiving. Um, we've watched uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation yeah. on Thanksgiving to like kind of get us geared up for Christmas or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know why we watch it on Thanksgiving, but uh, it's just kind of become like a, a thing, you know, which I was kind of bummed out we didn't do it this year. But, um, but yeah, that's one that, you know, fuck, I love that movie. Oh, you know? God, yeah. Christmas Vacation's great. Um, and it always, yeah, just kind of gets us in the mood, you know, for, you know, the whole season, really, you know. Um so that that's one of them for me. By you, I actually have two. Thanksgiving is always plain strains and automobiles. Oh yeah, because I love John Candy. Fantastic. And John or Hughes, John Hughes is one of my favorites. Yep. Um, and the second one would also be a Hughes film, my Christmas film, which would be Home Alone. Home Alone, oh, which yeah. is also, I mean, the whole nostalgia. Ever since I was a kid, I. I shit you not, I could recite, like, the first 45 minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, because I've seen it so many times when I was a kid. Like, oh, we, to, we've done it in conversation. Yeah, <laughs> I used to drive my fucking mom and my brother nuts. Because I am a huge Home Alone junkie, and I still am to this day. Hell yeah. Um, so, those have to be my, my two favorite. As much as I love Christmas Vacation, you know, Jingle All the Way, those type of movies. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, holds that place in my... My heart mm-hmm. with fucking Macaulay Culkin and uh, Daniel Stern, which is one of my favorites. I love Daniel Stern. He's hilarious. <laughs> Suck, brick kid! Yeah. <laughs> Where'd he go? Maybe he committed suicide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great movies, man. So, yeah, I could just go on forever uh, reciting quotes from Home Alone, which I used to at one of my old jobs, and uh, <laughs> one of my buddies, me and him, just went back and forth with Home Alone lines because we were huge Home Alone junkies. But, uh, yeah, those are my uh, my two. And, of course, planes, trains, and automobiles. Uh, can't yeah. go wrong with that one either. I mean, it's the perfect road movie, you know. Yeah. So, uh, and of course, we got to mention a Christmas story. A Christmas story, yeah. I mean, they play it for what forty-eight hours, <laughs> Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. That um, even before they started doing that. I mean, I've been watching that movie since I'm fucking yeah four or five years old. You know, so um, so that's definitely one of the ones that I I always make a make it a point to watch it at least once. You yeah. Know? And I've, I, you know what? I've seen it so many times. I can't make it through it anymore. I do like it. I mean, I oh just, man, I never get tired of it. Um, there's certain scenes that I do love and I will yeah. watch, but there's other scenes that I'm just like, you know, I just turn it after that part. Yeah. Anymore, um, like now, being being that I I have kids and stuff yeah, now. Yeah. Uh, Darren McGavin as the father. You know what? That's what oh. I was going to say. He's hilarious. He, oh, man. man. He kills me. Because yeah. I, I totally... Oh, I just... I feel I, I feel it. You know? yeah. <laughs> it was like, yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. No, I yeah. 
I get, I get it now, you know, whereas before when I was younger, I was like, it was funny, but I didn't, you know, now I under, I understand it now, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, his, his character being the father and all that stuff. And yeah, I get it now. So, uh, that's another one of my favorites for sure. I mean, kind of a cliched favorite, but you well, know. that's all right. I mean, this, you know, the podcast is not just based around a yeah. I mean, we got yeah. We gotta jump into other things too, yeah. but um, that and well, Black Christmas—that's always oh, good. Black Christmas, the original yeah. Black Christmas. What? Fuck the original, dude! I like the remake. Oh, I'm just kidding. Blow yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, the original uh, Black Christmas was actually directed by the same guy that did a Christmas story. Yeah, Bob Clark. Bob Clark. Yeah. A little trivia fact for you there, if you didn't know. So yeah, probably, but yeah, no, good, great holiday favorites, man. You yeah. Know. And I'm sure we'll be talking about more holiday favorites on the next episode. Definitely, yeah. We'll our, uh, hopefully a Christmas episode or something. a Christmas episode, yeah. And uh, maybe not just based around horror. We don't know yet. We're just, you know. We're all over the place. We're all over the map, if yeah. You don't, if you don't know that yet. <laughs> Which, you know, I mean, it's, it's a good thing. I mean, we need to branch out a little bit. I mean, we're not going to, you know, jump off the fucking map. But uh, right. we're going to have a few things out that are different. So Definitely. Um, but, yeah. What else do you want to talk about? Anything? I don't know. I say we take a little break and then maybe jump into the uh, review. Sweet, man. All right. Get into the last circus. All right. This is Riverman. And the Lush. And you're listening to Behind the Mask. Yeah, baby. Stay tuned. Welcome back. What's up? What's up? Um, this is our review portion of the show. Yes, sir. Talk a little bit about The Last Circus. Last Circus. Yeah. A film that uh, actually did really well, I believe, on the uh, festival circuit mm-hmm. um, this past year. And uh, that's kind of where I heard about it. I heard about it uh, got early, early this year. And uh, I believe I, I think I posted a trailer for it once or twice That's what on I was the say. Uh, yeah on the Behind the Mask Facebook page, mm-hmm. and um, it just always looked like a hell of a lot of fun. Um, yeah, and then uh, I think uh, I want to say a week or two ago, uh, I ended up coming across it on Netflix, and I called up Lush. I was like, "Yeah, Lush, we're doing this, regardless mm-hmm. if it sucks or not. We might as well just review it." So definitely, and I was all for it, man. Um, yeah, I you know I I don't know. There was just a 
a lot about the movie that really intrigued me, and uh, I'm glad. You know, as we I think we talked about earlier on the show, Magnet has been really, really good about God, man. getting their stuff streaming on Netflix pretty damn quick. Um, you can't go wrong with them either. I mean, oh man, they just put out great stuff. I mean, what? they're like Synapse. I mean, yeah. it's just good stuff. Like time after time with them, you know. They're of course, just, Hobo's on the top of the list. Oh yeah, I mean those guys—they just—they—they're picking winners like nonstop, yeah. you know. Oh, they definitely know what they're doing. And if it was the horse—if it was the horse races—they'd be cleaning up. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. for uh, they're yeah. just picking winners for, left and right. For the indies, you got to go with Magnet. Just pick up, you know, indie, any indie, any indie, any indie. No time for love, Doctor Jones. Okay, <laughs> sorry, short round. Indie, but, uh, <laughs> pick up any indie magnet film, yeah, and you're pretty much, you know, guaranteed it's going to be halfway decent. Definitely that, and like IFC Midnight's yeah, pretty IFC good, Midnight, yeah, and or just IFC in general, uh-huh. um, which IFC Midnight I believe is putting out uh, Dead Hooker in a Trunk. Um, they also, in yeah, they January also- I believe. Didn't they also put out um, Human Centipede 2? Or I believe so, yes. Yeah. And the first one. And the first one, of course, yep, yeah. Yep. So, yeah, IFC, Magnet, fucking Synapse. I mean, you're you're looking at, at good stuff there for sure. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, there's a there's a few others that we could get into, but we'll just we'll save that. You know, like Blue Underground. And, yeah. You know. I mean, there, yeah, there's some. Folks good. like them. They, they focus on more of the older stuff. but Camp Motion. I always have a... Camp Motion. Oh, man. Love those guys. <laughs> but anyway, back, back to uh, The Last Circus. Yeah. Um, directed by Alex De La Iglesia. Mm-hmm. Uh, starring Carlos uh, Areces. Mm-hmm. Uh, Antonio De La Torre. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Carolina Bang. Bang. Yeah. Bama. Which I don't is, know if it's bong or bang. Well, let's just say bang because she's banging hot in this movie. I would like to bang her. <laughs> um, I hope you're listening, Carolina. <laughs> or, I guess it'd be Carolina. Sweet Carolina. Yeah, Carolina. Yeah. Carolina. Uh, among many others, there's there's a, a, a pretty good sized cast in this, um, but those are the three you know uh, main characters in the film, and. Uh, God, they all did great. Um, this film, it starts out in uh, 1937 in Spain, mm-hmm. and it's kind of uh, set against the backdrop of the uh, the Spanish Civil War, yeah. um, which was going on at the time. And um, I, I, I really dig these. Uh, you know, a lot of these Spanish films, um, they're kind of, you know, doing this thing where it's like this whole, it's, a, it's a, kind of a... I don't know. This one, I can't call it a straight-up horror film. No, um, but it's like uh, they're dark, gritty type of yeah. And like a it's like a film like Pan's Labyrinth, where yeah. it's set among you know war and like social unrest and upheaval and stuff yeah. like that. And um, opening know, battle scene, I thought was pretty sweet. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. like you know, fucking clown coming out in like a little dress and shit. And yeah, hacking people over with a machete and stuff. And even like the. The soldier that that rounds them up, you know, in the very beginning. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it opens up on this circus where these clowns are entertaining these children. Yeah. And you start hearing these explosions and stuff, and these soldiers come in, and they say, any man that's, you know, able, you're joining us, you're going to fight. Yeah. Let's go. 
And uh, so there's these guys in their clown suits, you know. Basically, and, uh, yeah, it's isn't it pretty much Death Wish because they know they're not going to win this battle? Kind of, yeah. They're just they're rounding resisting. people up. Yeah, yeah, they're resisting, you know. And uh, so they're rounding up whoever they can. And and uh, at one point, one of the clowns who actually ends up being kind of a pivotal character in the movie, he asks this uh, this uh, you know uh, lead soldier. He says, "Can I can I change my clothes?" And the soldier says no, and he puts his red nose on him, and he said, "Dress like that, you're going to scare the shit out of the other soldiers." Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, so it was, uh, you know, great opening. Yeah, he comes out fucking blasting with that machete, uh-huh. and he fucking tears some shit up. And um, from there, we go into the uh, the the opening credit sequence. Yeah, which. I thought was fucking awesome. Yeah, I, yeah, um, I agree. It's got a lot of like uh, political, religious, and like pop culture imagery mm-hmm. in there. Um, I think I saw Cannibal Holocaust, like yeah, impale the uh, impalement scene. Yeah. yeah, and there's like a uh, there was a snapshot of like Anton Lavey, and then yeah. like the um, who was it? Like Phantom of the Opera or mm-hmm. something, and like the Wolfman. I don't know. There was all kinds of shit, um, but that just kind of it. it Definitely fits with the film, I think. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, it, it reminded me, I mean, this whole film, it reminded me of, like, it's not as uh, metaphoric as, like, Romero's dead films, you know, because he kind of used that as, like, a metaphor for, like, you know, like, Vietnam and, you know, mm-hmm. all the shit that was going on at the time. Um, this one, I mean, they use a lot of that shit, and it's all factual stuff, you know? That uh, was going on at the time that this movie was set in. Um, so basically, our main characters, um, Javier, um, begins. You know, in the beginning, he's you know a little boy, and his father is the the clown in the in the dress or whatever yeah. who has to go fight, and uh, his uh, father ends up uh, getting captured by the opposing side, and uh, so cut to you know what is it a couple of years later. He uh, goes. No, nah, it's about 10, 15 years. Well, no? not quite yet. Um, oh, okay. At fr- um, right after his father gets captured, oh, they cut to yeah, a couple okay. years later. He's yeah. still he's still a kid, you know. Yeah, okay. And he goes to visit his father in this like POW, you yeah. know, prison camp or whatever, and um, and so he goes to uh, to talk to him and and he's talking to his father about you know what he wants to do and. His father tells, you know, they're talking about being a clown, you know, because that's like their family lineage or whatever yeah. is, is being a, being clowns, <laughs> um, which be clowns and sad clowns. Yeah. That kind of like, sure. I, I guess know. that is what it is. <laughs> but, uh, I think his father was a happy clown. Wasn't he, he was a happy yeah. clown. Yeah. I think. Yeah. His father was a happy clown. Okay. And, uh, so he goes to visit him and he says, you know, he wants to be a happy clown to make the children laugh. Yeah. And his father says no. He yeah. said, "You you haven't had a happy life, so you need to be a sad clown um, because of your sad life." And uh, but he says there is one way you can find happiness, and that is in revenge, mm-hmm. um, which was, um, I mean, terrible advice to give your kid. But um, I really liked it in the yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so he does actually try. Um, I don't know if there's a, an amount of time in between when he tells him that and when uh, Javier actually does it, but he goes into these uh, these mines, those mines or whatever. Tries to break him out. Yeah, he tries yeah. to break his dad out, and he, he lights off some dynamite and shit, blows some shit up, mm-hmm. and uh, 
ultimately, I mean, it doesn't turn out how he wants. Um, uh, you know, I don't want to be a spoiler guy and give a bunch of stuff away, but, um, he ends up, uh, taking out, uh, the general with not yeah. killing him, but yeah, there's this, yeah, I don't know if he's a general, I guess. Yeah. Probably a general or something. Um, uh, took his right eye, loses his eye. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, so then after that he, he, you know, this general tries to grab him and, and Javier takes off. And then after that, we we cut ahead to 1973, yeah, where uh, Javier is trying out for a, a circus, and uh, he's going to be a sad clown. And uh, you know when he when he tries out for that, he's kind of meeting the whole you know circus crew, you know, all these different people. Which the guy on the fucking uh, the daredevil guy on the bike, yeah, <laughs> that guy killed me. Oh yeah, he's just I mean he pops up a few times throughout the movie. And uh, it was just fucking hilarious. Like, he just, he could, my turbo needs to be adjusted. Uh, He's always crashing into walls and shit. But I wanted to see the bearded lady. (laughs) Yeah, so he, yeah, he meets all the circus folk. Um, He gets knocked down by an elephant who is possibly jealous of him at one point. That elephant wants its (laughs) trainer's nuts. Yeah. I guess it ended up killing, what, the trainer's wife? The trainer's wife, because he's jealous jealous of any woman that is with the trainer, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which is a funny little kind of side thing in the movie. Yeah. Um, So he gets knocked down by this elephant, and he looks up and he sees Natalia, Mm -hmm. who's like a, uh, I believe they call it ribbon dancing. Trapeze? Well, she, yeah, well, no, trapeze is, like, where they swing and shit, like, oh, on the yeah. handlebar type of deals. Yeah. She's, like, a ribbon dancer or something. Oh, okay, like, yeah. they got those long, like, thick strands of ribbon that they, like, they twirl, twirl themselves yeah. up in, and, you know, um, she's, like, a ribbon dancer. And so he looks up, and the, the sun's right behind her, so she just looks glorious, and, you know, he's like, oh, my God, who is this, you know? And uh, she, of course, is the boss's girl, um, Sergio, who is the head clown. Um, at the circus, and and Javier is pretty much you know the forty year old virgin. Yeah, he's kind of a man child, yeah. sort of. <laughs> yeah, the chubby cheeks, yeah, and everything, yeah. and um, kind of just a sad guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he sees her, and he's just like enthralled, you know, with this woman. And he's like, "Oh my god, who is this?" And uh, somebody kind of tells him, you know, who she is, and so from there he goes and he talks to. Her man, Sergio, who's the head clown and a bit of a drunk, let's say. (laughs) Um, And he has a little bit of a, I guess, like an interview with him. And, um, you know, to uh, to hopefully to get the job. And um, he asks him why he wants to be a clown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, I don't know why I want to be a clown. Is it family or, you know, what? And then he ends up saying revenge or whatever, and that's what... Well, over the top, right? Ser- well, Sergio says, or uh, Javier asks Sergio, "Why are you a clown?" Yeah, and Sergio says, "If I wasn't a clown, I'd be a murderer." I'd be a murderer. Yeah, that's and right. Javier says, "Me too." Yeah. Um, so then he's like, "Okay, you start tomorrow." Yeah, and so he gives him the job, which is like the strangest job interview ever. Oh yeah, <laughs> I wish that worked like, for me. I know. Yeah, like I, 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 if I wasn't doing this, I'd kill people. Okay, you got the job. You start tomorrow. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Patrick Bateman asked. <laughs> yeah, I want to kill you and play in your blood. Okay, <laughs> you start tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, he gets the job that night. Um, the circus folk go out, and they're all having drinks, eating, blah blah blah. And um, this is kind of where. 
uh, Javier gets his first taste of what Sergio's really like after he's been drinking. Yeah. Um, he's telling this joke, and Javier doesn't really get it and questions it. The Every- joke is fucking hilarious, by the way. It was pretty funny. <laughs> um, They're talking about, like, slamming it. Well, I mean, it's, yeah, it's sad to say. Yeah, yeah let's I'm not give it away. Okay. Let's, let, let's let people see it. Okay. I mean, it's, it's a f- fuck up, fuck, fucked up joke. Pretty right? fucked up joke, yeah. Definitely. Um, but uh, Javier doesn't get it. And no. Well, he says he doesn't get it. He's a fucking well, he's complete. Yeah, he just kind of sits there. And, you know, <laughs> side note, Javier, um, Carlos uh, Oasis or whatever. Yeah. Totally looks like, uh, you know, Judah Friedlander yep. is? That's who I was thinking. Totally. If, if they, if they, God forbid, if they do an American remake yep. of this film, they, they're going to get Judah Friedlander because yep. he looks exactly like him. That's what I was thinking too. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, they it turns into this whole big thing after he doesn't get the joke because everybody else kind of kisses Sergio's ass yeah. and laughs at all of his fucking jokes and shit. And uh, so then Javier doesn't get it and. Natalia actually kind of stands up for her. She's like, okay, well, what about this? And then Sergio kind of goes all apeshit on her. And, her. Yeah, beats the crap out of her. And they all just leave and just leave her laying there in this restaurant. Yeah. And uh, Javier runs back and uh, tries to help her. And, uh, you know, they, they get to talking a little bit. I think right here is where kind of uh, Javier's obsession is, like, born, you know, yeah. with Natalia or whatever. And she kind of like she's like the fucking great temptress, you know, or something oh, like that. Yeah, she, dude, he just he she, just wants to fucking he part, gets sucked in, you know. Wants to part the Red Sea or something. <laughs> yeah, definitely. He's very, uh, I don't know. He's yeah. obsessed with this girl. Yeah, and Sergio ends up coming back to this little diner, and there's some shit that goes on. I won't say, um, but skip ahead a little bit uh, after their first official performance, uh, Javier and Sergio. Um, it's, you know, an outstanding success or whatever. And Natalia asks him to, uh, take her to dinner so they can get to know each other better. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he's a little apprehensive, but he says, you know, okay. And, um, you know, it, it, they get back and he ends up getting uh, a little bit of a warning from, uh, Sergio and, um. I don't was know. Was this the warning at the carnival, or was this... No, this is before, he when he's talking oh, about okay. how he, he's deeply in... Sergio is deeply in love with Natalia, and yeah. he would do anything for her, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And Javier's just like, oh, no, I never saw her. What? Yeah. No, I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, so after their, uh, after that, she actually convinces him to, uh, to take her out again. Yeah. And, uh... At this point, you know, when he takes her out, they go to this, like, fair or something, and he uh, confesses his feelings to her. Yeah. And um, they end up having, like, a great time, and then Sergio finds them, and that's when he sees them at the carnival. Yeah. And uh, what Sergio does to Javier is is pretty fucked up. That is funnier than shit. But, yeah, I was going to say, it's really creative and actually kind of funny, <laughs> but sad for Javier, of course, and it lands him in the hospital. And uh, Natalia ultimately says that, you know, she can't see him again after that. Um, And one thing I do want to make a note of, too, all throughout the film, um, you know, like in the very beginning, like I said, it starts out uh, during the Spanish Civil War. And all throughout there, there, like, uh, you know, there will be a TV on in the background and there will be like a... 
you know, kind broadcast. of the yeah, like the nightly news going on or something like that. Yeah. And uh, one of the things they talk about is uh, El Lute. And uh, it's actually Eluterio Sanchez, who was like at one time, at that time, Spain's most wanted uh, criminal. And he was like a legendary outlaw. He like escaped from prison several times. He actually got arrested when he was like, I think, 16 for stealing hens <laughs> and thrown into prison. And, um, you know, he actually, while he was in prison, he. Um, he learned. He was illiterate when he went in, mm-hmm. and then he learned to read. He got his law degree. Oh, wow! <laughs> um, and Prison he, uh, Jesus. I know. He he became a writer. <laughs> wow! And uh, he actually he he has written over like like five books, I think. Hmm. Um, and he actually uh, ended up getting pardoned in uh, 1981. Hmm. Um, so that was just one you know one thing. They throw real stuff in there, which is great. I really yeah, loved it. I did. Um, yeah, I agree. So. That was one thing that, you know, these are things that go on throughout the movie. And um, so, yeah, after Sergio gets his little uh, thing at the fair there, or uh, Javier gets, you know, found out by Sergio, uh, he gets his little thing at the fair, which I won't say what it is. You'll just have to see it for yourselves. Just, okay, picture step-by-step, and um, what's his name? It's not JT, is it? JT was in step-by-step. The intro... Step by step with oh, JT. Yeah, where he's at the fair, yeah. Where he's at the fair. Yeah, okay. That'll give you an idea. <laughs> if you if you can get the reference, you'll know. If you're a step by step fan, like I am. So uh, ultimately, Natalia, after this whole thing goes down, she says she can, you know they shouldn't see each other anymore, you know, because it'll it'll be just bad for both of them. And then uh, while Javier's in the hospital, he has this like beautiful fucking dream sequence. The dream sequence Ooh. is fucking mm-hmm. awesome. And it gives you some kind of foreshadowing of what's going to happen at the to end. the end, yeah, yep. yeah. Which oh man, it's just so great. Um, it uh, and this dream it actually it prompts Javier to go back to the circus uh, for Natalia, and um, he gets there and he sees Natalia and Sergio fucking, and uh, then he just goes apeshit and he fucking wails on Sergio. And uh, damn near kills him. Oh, God, dude. They fuck like jackrabbits. Yeah. And there's that whole... With her... The reason I said, like, the great temptress earlier, she's got that whole, like, tongue thing going on. Yeah, she likes... She's always like... You know, yeah, it's... I I just did it. Not that our listeners can see it, but... (laughs) She likes her hair pulled, did you say that? Yeah, she's into the rough stuff. Yeah. Um, So he, he about half kills Sergio, which you think... I mean, you don't find out. I mean, he... You know, you think he killed him, um, and Javier just takes off. That sequence was awesome, let me just say that. Oh, it was great. He escapes, and, you know, after he takes off, he kind of turns into, like, Sasquatch. Mm -hmm. He, like, runs off into the woods, and he's naked. Yeah. And, uh... see a schlong? Well, not a schlong. It's like a little, uh, nub. His button? Yeah. Um, yeah, I wanted to make a special mention of that, like, the, uh... The brave and fucking courageous performance by uh, Carlos Arasis. Uh, I was in the pool. Um, yeah, I mean, he fucking just let it all hang out. Shit, if I was getting paid like that, I, I would too. Yeah, I hope. I hope he got paid. No, I'm sure he got getting paid more <laughs> than I'm getting paid. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But uh, very, very courageous performance by uh, by him, man. Mm-hmm. As a as a bigger dude like that, you know to. To run around naked like that—that that was uh, 
You know, good for him. It's pretty hilarious. Good for him. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, after, uh, you know, there's, he runs off into the woods and, um, you, you know, we kind of skip ahead a little bit and uh, Natalia and the ringmaster are kind of ringmaster of the circus. You know, now that Sergio and Javier are gone, they're trying to figure out what the fuck they're going to do now, you know. Um, now that the circus is flopped because the ringmaster, he's like in debt and he's got nothing going for him. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so they, they're kind of trying to figure out what to do. And, uh, and then we just kind of cut back and forth, you know, between Javier and, and Natalia and and uh, things like that. And, you know, while uh, Javier's living in the woods, he's uh, munching on deers and stuff. And at one point he's attacked by a boar, a uh, wild boar, but he's saved by two hunters, uh, one of which is a colonel. And uh, the colonel turns out to be somebody uh, fairly, you know... Um, uh, significant, yeah. you know, significant. Um, so I won't give any of that away. And and ultimately, from that, Javier's kind of turned into a hunting dog. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and uh, meanwhile, you know, Natalia and the ringmaster they they open up like this club with all their other circus folk. And uh, crack me up because it's called uh, Kojaks, mm-hmm. and they got pictures of Telly Savalas like yeah. all over the walls and stuff. It's kind of like a burlesque joint, yeah. and uh, she can still utilize some of her ribbon dancing skills. And all the uh, all it's the horny lame. horny fat men there are just amazed by what she can do. And it's stuff. pretty lame burlesque uh, club. Let's just say that. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Natalia's pretty amazing. Eh, pretty PG though. Yeah, it was pretty PG. Yeah, burlesque. I mean, burl- there's no yeah, you know, but never any nudity in burlesque. At least show a little place. cleave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we see, you know, at this burlesque club, we see somebody sitting in the shadows, and uh, you're like, "Oh shit, is that who I think it is?" And if you're if you got any kind of a brain in your head, you know who it is. Yeah. Um, so that kind of leads. You know, this that whole thing kind of leads into the whole climax of the film. I might just stop there um, yeah. as far as, you know, the plot because I want it to, you know, I want people to go into it fairly fresh. You know, I, I've been given some of the points and stuff, but, um, you know, there is, there is one part at, um, a little bit past that where there's, you know, another one of those times where they use factual stuff yeah. in the film. Um, it's the uh, assassination attempt of... Um, uh, Carrero Blanco mm-hmm. um, in 1973, and uh, you know it was a, a bomb. Uh, you know under the street, the car exploded, and when you see this car flip up onto on top of a building, don't think oh that's bullshit because that really happened. <laughs> um, it that is legit. The car fucking exploded, and it was sent up on top of a uh, monastery. Um, so that shit is real. Um, yeah, I mean, it didn't look real, but no, no, I mean, well, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. um, it really happened back yeah, in yeah. 1973. It really happened, yeah. uh, in the film. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, obviously done digitally mm-hmm. and, you know, things like that. But, um, but yeah, no, I just, that's another use of real history in this film. It's you like know? a modern day Forrest Gump. Yeah, yeah, really. It must be hard being brothers. Really, it kind of is like that, you know. They use real history and they they build their story around yeah. that stuff, you know, which is really cool. And I I really dug that. Um, I agree. So, yeah, and then I mean, 
So, yeah, I just wanted to make a quick mention of that. And then, yeah, the whole thing, it really kind of comes full circle at the end. Yeah. Um, it really does. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much the movie. It, it really kind of almost ends where it begins, sort of. But, yeah, but the ending is great. I love the ending. Oh, God. This film, the way I would sum it up, it's a beautiful, dark tragedy, mm. really, of... of of a sad clown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, absolutely. I, I absolutely love this film. Absolutely loved it. It's probably one of my favorite of the past year. Really? Yes. I, I liked it that much. Wow. Huh. I really, really enjoyed it. So what, is that a, is that a 10 on the, 10 out of 10 um, on the scale or is that a 9 out of 10 or? A- I'm going to give it a 10, man. Oof. I'm going to give it a 10. Wow. I, I enjoyed it that much. I really, really liked it. That's just my opinion. Um, but like I said, it's, you know, beautiful, dark, you know, tragedy. Um, the ending just blew me away. The, the, the movie was stuck in my head for a few days after I saw it. Yeah. I couldn't stop thinking about Javier and, and Natalia, you know, oh, it just blew me away. The performances were fucking fantastic from the three leads, uh, especially Carlos who played Javier. He was great. Um, everything about the film, I mean, the cinematography, the writing, um, God, everything about it, it was just phenomenal. I loved it. Yeah, and uh, I would probably have to say, I mean, I really enjoyed the movie, first of all. Mm -hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, I didn't know what I was getting into going into this movie. Like, I didn't know if it was a horror movie or as a thriller or drama. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of goofy in ways, and it's also kind of, you know... Well, there are definitely, like, humorous... Yeah, it's really hard to sum sum this movie up. Yeah. I would have to give it. I mean, of course, it's all it's all in subtitled. Let's just say that Spanish. I don't know if we covered that in the beginning. Right, right. So um, yeah, you're gonna be you're gonna be looking at subtitle. I have no problem with that. I watch you know subtitled movies all the time. Mm-hmm. A lot of Japanese movies. I would probably give this uh, my scale seven out of ten. Oh, oh, which is really good for me. <laughs> um, I I really enjoyed the movie. Um, there's certain things like, uh, I thought it could be a little bit more, I mean, it was brutal in parts, but I Mm. thought it could be a little bit more, especially in like, um, the war, you know, the beginning scenes with, you know, the soldiers and everything, which it was brutal. Don't Mm -hmm. get me wrong, but, uh, I don't know. I'm always looking, I'm always looking for more. Just call me, you know, I thought it was just, I mean, the, the amount of battle scene that they had in it, I thought it was just brutal enough for that, you know, that, um, Amount of time that they had in a battle scene. Yeah. Like, if, if, if the battle scenes had gone longer, then yeah, I'd be like, okay, let's pick it up, give me yeah. more brutality. But for that amount of time that they had, um, focusing on the battle stuff, I thought it was just brutal enough. And but. there's just, let me just say, there's one scene in the movie that just, I mean, I love. It's, I'm not going to give it away. It's, uh, has to do with the the lead character Javier mm-hmm. and um, basically turning himself into a clown physically. Oh God! And that part just I Phenomenal. I I really love that part. He that, goes all Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger. Heath yeah. Ledger Joker on him. <laughs> and yeah. um, just that part. I mean, I was after I saw that, I was like, okay, I like where this is going. Uh, I think if if we would have got a little bit more into that, I mean, mm-hmm. maybe if he was a little crazier with you know. Um, maybe, you know, let's just say being a more of a murderer type of guy. I mean, yeah. you can't really, it's hard to describe this guy cause he's just, you know, so off the wall. Yeah. But, um, he was like 
crazy and homicidal at the same time he was sad and like yeah. you know didn't want to I don't know. Didn't want to harm. It yeah. Is, yeah, it's really hard to explain, but which I—that's one of the great things that I loved about uh, Carlos. You know, yeah. playing that part, he played it brilliantly. I thought, and it's really hard to tell. The thing I did like about it, it's really hard to tell who you should like in this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, if you should like the girl, oh, yeah. you should like Carlos. You should like Javier. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're jumping on each person's bandwagon. Like, okay, this is okay. This is the you know mm-hmm. uh, the protagonist or the antagonist yeah. or you really can't tell until the end of the movie. Yeah. And even then, you're just like, well, who was it? I mean, you know, you don't know. Yeah, but. Um, which all kind of gave a little bit of way there, but sorry. But, uh, yeah, I would give it 7 out of 10. I really enjoyed it, and um, for, you know, this type of film, I don't mm. know. That's just that's just what I think. I'm, well, I, I'm very, 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 very picky when it comes to uh, certain films, and mm-hmm. this one is, you know, I, I would highly recommend it, though. Yeah, and, I mean, if, if you have Netflix, it's streaming on there, so, I mean, really, what do you got to lose? Exactly. Know? Check it out. Uh, I mean... Definitely worth a watch. I I highly recommend it. I I'll probably end up purchasing this one. Yeah. Because um, it's oh man, I just fucking loved it. I really go in did. with a sober mind. Use subtitles. I mean, just give yeah. you a heads up. Yeah. That's the only reason why I say that because every yep. subtitle movie you should go in with a sober mind because yep. reading does it to you. But yeah. I mean, it's you know it's not that fast. I mean, the beginning's kind of fast with the subtitles, but mm-hmm. it just flows. I mean, you really don't even need to know the dialogue. Towards the end, because you know you can just tell yeah. by the actions and everything. And this, you know, it, it's almost like a, watching a, a play exactly. or something. No, really, I agree. Really is. And the climax is phenomenal. Uh, so yeah. It, oh my god, such a great yeah, such a great movie. Um, and Alex De La Iglesia, I mean, he's done a few other uh, movies that that I really liked. He did a film called uh, The Day of the Beast, mm-hmm. um, which was a very strange movie. I haven't seen that. One. Um, check that out. <laughs> really weird. And then uh, another film that I really, really enjoyed, more of a supernatural kind of ghost story, but there was a little bit of a twist to it, a movie called The Baby's Room. Okay. Um, which I, I don't, I think I might have mentioned on, on one of our shows before, mm-hmm. um, but I really, really enjoyed that movie, too. Mm. Um, and then he did one more recently called The Oxford Murders, which I think was in English. Okay. And it had uh, our future um, maniac in it, Elijah Wood. Oof. Yeah. Okay. You can stomach that, um, but no, I heard I heard the, the Oxford Murders was supposed to be a fairly decent flick, um, and Alex De La Iglesia did that too. So, huh. so yeah, definitely check into this guy. He, yeah. He's a very very talented director. I agree. This, um, he's got some some vision <laughs> for sure. Um, so definitely, um, yeah, check into this guy. He's got a bunch of other movies too um, that we're not mentioning, but. Uh, and like we said, I mean, you can't really call this a horror movie. It's you know, yeah, it's not straight up horror at all. Um, it's there are horror elements to it, maybe, but um, not even a ton of those. It's just I don't know. There's a lot of just different stuff going on in this movie, and mm. uh, I just I highly recommend it. I, I say definitely check it out. Yeah, I would recommend it also. I, I don't think you'll be sorry if you can. If you can handle subtitles, um, I think you'll you'll love it. Yeah. So. But uh, yeah, that'll that'll pretty much wrap it up. Yeah. So. I hope I didn't get too long winded there with the. Uh, no man, it was great. Kind of breaking down the movie. I tried to keep it, you know, kind of 
hitting the high points. And it's, always, it's always good to throw, you know, like a Spanish movie or something, you know, subtitle or something different in there, yeah. you know, in the review segment. Because always, you know, usually review, you know, like horror exploitation, but I don't even know how to classify this. Like, you're I saying don't it could either, be a play yeah. or it could be a drama. It could be, uh, who knows? It's but. just, it's got so many different elements to yeah. it. Like, there's no real way to classify. I don't know. Uh, on he, on like IMDb, I, I know they have it like comedy slash horror. Yeah. And yeah, there's a little bit of comedy, there's a little bit of horror, but there's a lot more to it than that. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's one of the things that I loved about it is because there's so many different elements to it. Oh, yeah. It just, it kind of, it's pulling you in all these different directions and, oh, it's phenomenal. Watch it. Check it out, guys. But yeah, it'll wrap it up here for the... The segment. That is the review. And you're listening to Behind the Mask. Yeah, bitch. the show here with the goose that's right the artist formerly known hey that, that's what we talked about in an earlier segment we were did you yeah did you uh, that's crazy yeah we kind of referenced you uh the uh, uh, as a symbol or a cock symbol or uh, i don't know we we're just we we're just ranting pretty much for 10 minutes so you know what we all go through identity crisis you know and from a lot of people it's it's usually in their teen years going through the motions of discovering you know oneself and mine just happened to come in, in my quarter life so bottom line is you know it's just one of those things where you get sucked into a name and it's like oh my god and it, it, it gets stuck on you you know and i i just didn't like it I'm like hey do i want that written on my tombstone a dog's dick no I mean, there's really, there's really no like crazy method behind it. No like deep thought put into it. It's just, hey, I don't want a dog's hard on dick on my tombstone. I don't want to sell it to my grandkids. You know? Okay, okay, that'll work. Sim- simple as that, you know. Okay. And uh, yeah, which goose is short for goose flesh. It's it's been my sort of online handle for many years. And uh, which you know, you guys don't have to call me goose flesh. That's a little over the top. You can if you want. Um. But, you know, Goose just flows a little bit, you know, pretty well. So. I like Goose. It's, it's quick to the point. It's a lot quick easier to, the to point. say. Quick to the point. But it, but it looks really great in online gaming, Goose Flesh. It's like, wow, that guy's made a Goose Flesh. But, is, that, is that your a uh, your PlayStation name or your Xbox name or whatever or what? 
Um, it was at a point, but it's just always been my, my handle everywhere else online, my usernames and all that, that fun stuff. So, um, I, I have already sort of bonded with the name and I've gotten used to it. So I'm like, okay, which I never could quite get that grasp on, uh, you know, mm-hmm. at the other name. So, well, sweet man. Um, like, kinda- like, a, like a Phoenix born from the ashes and rising of the flame. The goose is born. So let's just leave it at that, and we will move on. Yeah, I don't know about all that. But, uh, yeah, let's jump into The the Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, it's been a while since. I mean, we came out with that one YouTube video, but. We're, really- we're doing. We're doing. I think it's paced at we're doing every two episodes, which is okay, you know? Yeah. So I think um, the only episodes we have to cover is pretty much the last one and the the epic um, mid-season finale, which it really ended with a bang. Mm-hmm. So um, I just want to say that, you know, a lot of people I know within my circles and uh, even a lot of people that we've um, gotten some feedback from on the YouTube channel and other places don't seem to think that the second season fares quite as well as the first one. Whereas uh, the first one which I agree with, but... No, 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 I want to give my two cents on that. Um, yeah. I get it. They're different. The first season was more action-packed. They have to establish themselves. A lot more zombies, a lot more suspense. And the second one was very drama, very character-driven, very story-driven. And, yeah, some of the subplots sort of drag on quite a few episodes, you know? Uh Um, But I really do think all that served the series, you know? Like, I'm really... I don't think that necessarily season three is going to be in that same pace. It doesn't have to be, you know? Yeah, and it's it's not. I, I think people are are not are under the wrong impression that this is not an hour and a half George Romero zombie flick or you know or something where we've only got an hour and a half to kill. Let's just have as much zombie flesh ripping suspense as we can. This is an entire series, and it's not necessarily a zombie series. It's it's a series about you know the people. It's in, in the environment, you know, and. If we were really in that situation, like these people are on the series, that we would have this downtime. There would be that drama. Maybe not as much drama as that group is pulling, you know, like with the, the baby mamas and the, the, the love triangles and all that stuff. But you know that stuff would exist at least spread out. Come on, man. We're still human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I personally didn't have a problem with it. You know, I some characters didn't... Um, didn't shine a whole lot in this series. I mean, um, like Norman Reedus, you know, he might have been totally blocked out a few episodes because we're focusing on on Rick and Shane or or whatever. But it wasn't as balanced in the character department, I guess. But like was, I said, I didn't. the one guy that just I don't know, he just gets under my skin is a uh, Dale, the older older guy in the show. I just some about him. I mean, he just he's in everybody's business. First of all, well. Yeah, um, he's just kind of an annoying character to me. I don't know. I don't. I like his character. It's it. I mean, it adds to the balance. But I get what you're saying. He's a. Uh, he is in everybody's business, and uh, he he's like the grandfather figure. He's yeah, the father after, knows best. Bullshit. Yeah. He, he's looking after everybody, and like that whole thing in the last episode where he just confronts Shane. You know, about his his business, and um, you know Shane gets all threatening. But we'll get into that. You know, I don't mind his character at all because. He, he kind of stirs up the pot too, just like a just like Shane stirs up the pot, and different people stir up the pot within their circle. Um, I don't like, and I, you can flame me if you want, but I can't think of her name. Gosh, the blonde, the blonde chick. What's her name? Help me out. 
Oh, shitty. Um, it's not Amber, is it? Edit, edit, edit. <laughs> we'll be editing this out. You know what? I'm not even going to edit it because... <laughs> um, See, this is how much I hate her character. I can't even Andrea. remember. Andrea. There you go, folks. Andrea. I, I can't stand her character. She just dry And maybe it's a good thing. Like, it's... It's one of those things that, well, I love to hate. It's good that she's in there because we love to hate. But she drives me up the wall, man. Like, in real life, I'm relating to it as if this was our group. And if she was in our group, I would have already, like, called for a lynch mob. She's a good-looking broad, though. I don't think so. I think she's got a dog face. Really? Yeah, I think I think she's she's too uh, tomboyish. She's very manly and scary. She, she, I think so, dude. I We're not even talking about the attractive element, but if you want to go there, I think she's got a dog face. Well, I mean, she's attractive for, uh, you know, the zombie holocaust, you know, being the last, uh, you last know, group she, of women. She's, she's tunnel pretty, is what you're saying. She's, she's better than Buzzcut uh, Carol. I don't know, man. I see, a, the way, I, see, Connor. I see the way Norman Reedus checks out Carol. Yeah, I think we're going to get a little piece of action there. <laughs> oh, God. Well, didn't he call her like a stupid bitch the other day? I mean, yeah, but that was him, like, being protected. Yeah, he's blowing some steam. Yeah, blowing off some steam. He was being protective. But anyway, um, no, I just don't like her character. She, to me, is annoying. She's too defiant. She's not helping the cause. She's too pig-headed. And, like, when she shot Norman Reedus in that last episode. She's like, oh, sorry. Yeah, well, it's just like, she's like a child. It's like, there you go. We told you, and you still did it anyway, and look what happened. You know, yeah. your, your, your baby brother got hurt or whatever. I mean, I just... There's no room for immaturity like that in a group, in a situation like that. But, and then when, I mean, are we going to actually break down the episodes? Or are we just going to, like, pinpoint little things during this conversation like we started to do? No, we, well, people have seen them by now, I think. Let's just kind of talk about, I don't know, maybe shit we liked and stuff we didn't like. Well, I mean, and, you know, when she sat there and made it with Shane, I was like, bravo, a scumbag for a scumbag. That's all right. I kind of like that. Well, of course you did. You're <laughs> she. She gave him. Uh, she gave him the old uh, Melina Arnold, where uh, she grabs his crotch or whatever. She's like, "What have you been feeding this thing, blondes? I think it's hungry." <laughs> oh gosh. Um, but yeah, so that's probably my least favorite character. And um, athletic, sleazy, and demure. And then, of course, you know the token black guy of the show gets no screen time at all. No. The well. You know, he got a little bit initially, but still, he was still definitely a secondary character in the first season. But this one, it's like he's, dude, he's just dropped off the map. Every now and again, you see him in a shot. I can't even remember his name half the time. T-Dog or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But. It's a little ridiculous. I mean, yeah, I have to say Shane still is my favorite character on the show just because he's just, I don't know, something about him. I mean. Well, he's he's the recluse man. He, yeah, he's he's the memorable character. I mean, a lot. He's a lot better than Rick, I think. And uh, of course, uh, I, hate, I hate Dale. I just can't stand him. Of course, Daryl, of course, is great. But uh, Daryl's great, and I'm very happy that um, in the last couple of episodes he got to shine a little bit. Like you know that episode where uh, he went off looking for the girl and he fell on his arrow, and then he uh, mm. was hallucinating about Merle was like on his foot, and he that woke was, up and yeah. and the zombie was chewing on his foot, did his shoe, dude. That was that was a freaky part. That was, that was a great pretty part. cool. I like that. And I enjoyed that because it was like for a good ten minutes or whatever, it was a one man show with Daryl. Yeah. And we just got to soak in his character a little bit because he had been a little absent, you know. Um But yeah, so the last two episodes, the main points to focus on are that weird relationship between Carol and Daryl. Oh, Carol and Daryl is that's cute. Carol and Daryl. Uh, what what 
is it I I was talking to a friend and like a friend of mine that is kind of fed up with the show as far as like they're not like in the new season and they told me they're like if Carol and Daryl get it on I am done watching the show like they just see the drama like going that way I'm like I don't think that's gonna happen I think he sees her more as like a, a either older sisterly figure or a motherly figure you know and there's just there's something there there's something that the has whole, him feeling for well I mean everybody's bitching about the whole you know soap opera aspect of it but I mean all in all I I enjoy that because I actually uh Watch soap opera. Watch soap operas with a river woman. So uh, <laughs> kind, it kind of uh, I don't know. I, I enjoy that. You know, us. sometimes I mean. These are the days of our lives. Um, uh, more more young and the restless, but okay, okay. Well, that's a, that, that's something you guys can debate on the uh, the boards. There are you guys the days of our lives, man. General <laughs> Hospital or Young and the Restless? The poll will be posted soon. Um. Yeah. You probably I probably took away my mail card right there, but. Uh, You'll be the only one that voted on it. Hundred percent goes to. Uh, I think. I think Lush is Lush is more into General Hospital. Actually, he he was real big into it, but I don't know if he still is. Which one has Franco, dude? Franco. James Franco's on one of them. Oh, uh, I think he might be General Hospital. I think mine, that it, mine has Eddie Winslow and Little Richie. Did. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Family yeah. matters. But anyway, we're getting derived of um, the point here. Um, Boyd. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's kind of like a soap opera, but, uh, but it's good because you know good. what? I don't I mind the, it. I like the, you know, I go ahead. Sorry. Well, I'm saying I don't mind it either. I, I like a little bit of drama and it also helps it appeal to different audiences. That's why I think girls are really into it because maybe that as well, you know, and guys have their, their zombie stuff. Cause we never had such drama in like Romero flicks or God knows not Fulci zombie, you know? Um, so I think it's cool. It, it it has helped make it so accessible, and it's helped make it the big hit that it is, which gives us more seasons, which gives us more to watch and more to talk about. So you know what? I'm all good with it. Now, what do you think about um, Maggie? Do you think she's pretty attractive? I think you she's know what? Pretty- she doesn't do it for me, man. The farmer's really? daughter. The farmer's daughter image does not do it for me at all. Um, she's very. You know, maybe that maybe it's for the role, but she comes off very plain. But that's maybe that's for the role, the sake of a farmer's daughter and all that stuff. But it doesn't do it for me, and uh, you know, uh, but you know, good for uh, good for uh, the Korean guy. I can't think of his name. I'm sorry, it's too early. Oh, Glenn. Glenn. Sorry, guys. Sorry, all you Koreans out there. Uh, <laughs> he gets his uh, his mini egg roll on. Sorry again, all those Koreans out there. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know, I, I applauded, I cheered, I th- I took off my shirt and spun it in the air <laughs> when that I happened. I karate chopped the screen. Or, so sorry again, uh, Koreans who do Taekwondo <laughs> and not karate. Um, but yeah, uh, the Riverman, last, Riverman needs to get a little cultured. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Riverman's been in his cave for uh, a little too long, but, um, yeah, let's kind of talk about the, you know, the well, I guess it isn't the season finale because it's the mid-season finale. Um, yeah. What were your What were your thoughts on the mid-season finale? Were you uh, pretty satisfied? Uh, did you I, see, Did you see the the ending coming? Um, well, I have to say, I, it was pretty obvious. Once, uh, um, I don't know, shit started hitting the fan. You knew she was going to be in there. Honestly, I didn't see. Um, I didn't see the little girl being in there. I didn't see it, but I technically did because. I was actually watching it with my um, 
my little brother, I actually had caught it. I went over to my family's house for the holidays and um, was hanging out there. And my little brother had already watched it, and they had TiVo'd it because they're big fans of it as well. And he's a little tyke, man, so he's always just chomping at the bit to tell you what happened. And I'm like, don't tell me what happens. And he's watching it with me. And literally, right before they go up to the barn, he just blurts it out. She's in there. I'm like, you son of a... <laughs> and then, like, like three seconds... Yeah, he's like, the girl's in there. And then three seconds later, she comes out. And it just it's like blue balls. It's right before the climax. And he tells me right before it happens. <laughs> and it ruined it. And I was so pissed off. Like, if you could talk to the people that were in that room, I was just taking it out on him. I was so pissed. Because I had been waiting for it all day long, for just for a week. Actually, you've been waiting for it all season, all season. And he tells me like literally right when they're going up to the barn and then Shane's opening it, you know, that big climactic. He's like, don't Shane, don't. And he opens it. Then he just blurts it out. And like two seconds later, she walks through. I'm like, ah, it's real. That's like that's like that's like if you were jerking me off and right before I was about to hose my load, them telling me they're really a guy. And then it's too late. And I start and I start geysering all over the place. and It's too late. I'd be like, dude, you're so gay. <laughs> that never has happened, by the way, um, folks. <laughs> That's the best analogy I could come up with That's on the probably spot. Why he wants to get rid of the Red Rocket name and change it to Goose. Probably. There's uh, there's some bad memories. Last couple weeks. <laughs> That's why I said don't ask. It says move on. Um, but that was a really dirty analogy. I wish I had more time to think something that was more appropriate. I'm sorry, Grandma. Uh, <laughs> but, you know... It ended with the bang. And the big thing about this episode was Dale confronted Shane. And then all of a sudden Shane gets really creepy and threatening. Like, hey, kind of like – because he takes the guns. He takes everybody's guns because um, they start getting a little – they start running an- anarchy on the place now. You know, they don't necessarily agree with the old man owning the farm. And they're like, you know, screw it. This guy doesn't like guns. We're going to get our guns. We're going to take out that barn because Shane starts leading the tribe. You know, Wouldn't you take out the barn? I sure as hell would. I, well, you know what? Honestly – or are you gonna you gonna let it be no, run by Herschel? Herschel's land. Listen, listen, listen. I'm not in the situation, so it's easier for me to sort of give my opinions just from the arm couch, you know. But so maybe it might be different if we were actually on that property and in that situation. But you know, just just from a viewer standpoint, he, it is his land, and his requests were pretty pretty simple. He's like, look, if you guys want to stay here. You guys got to follow my rules, and you know that's our family down here. We're choosing to keep them, you know, whatever. You, if you don't like that, you guys can move on. That's pretty cut and dry to me. Yeah, man. but they're not just rounding up their family members; they're rounding up strays or whatever from, you know, I don't know, the river, and they're bringing them back. It's like really just kill them off. Oh, I, this I, is this is this is Ben from uh, two houses down. Who cares? Just kill him. I'm just saying, what is? You got to think of the aftermath. So what happens if we defied that and we went in and we killed them? What kind of rift is that going to cause? It's like there's a pretty good chance they're not going to let us stay on that land anyway. And it's not like, I mean, our, just because the law kind of goes out the window, you know, now that the world is gone and zombies are have run amok, does the law go out the window? And then it's like, hey, you know, do this courtesy go out the window? You know, we've stepped on your feet. We've did, you know, against your will. And you're saying we can't stay. We're staying anyway. And we're going to use force, you know? Well, when it like, comes to sleeping like two minutes away from things that will, you know, kill you in a matter of seconds, I would, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't want to leave, but I'd probably, I'd probably take over Herschel and, you know, maybe kick him out of his own farm. It's, I, a, it's I, mean to, it's mean to say, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, 
I, I don't know. It's a tough situation, but that's why it was a really good conflict in the show, I guess. Yeah. But, um... I, and I don't like his... I mean, I really don't like him either. Herschel. Yeah. Not a huge, uh, huge fan of his, but... I, I've enjoyed his character enough. No, he's uh, a good... No, I enjoy his character. I just don't like him on the show. Yeah. Okay, so that, you know, he was... Dale confronted, uh... Shane, because he stole all the guns, you know, and he, and, you know, of course, I guess old people stick together. I'm taking the guns. Um, but anyway, he didn't want to start World War Nine because I think he was saying, I think he was wanting to move on out, right? Didn't he say, we can, we can, we can last one more night. You yeah, know, and then I, he started, I, he started spitting out some stupid, um, this is, this is your world. This isn't our world. Something yeah. stupid like that. He's like, this is where you should be, Shane. Yeah. This is where th- we should be. It's like, dude, who cares, man? You're gonna yeah. ch- you're gonna change in that situation. Everybody's gonna change, you know. Um, and then of course Shane gets the guns back. Uh, he got pretty scary there. I thought he might have shot Dale and thrown him in the river at that point. Should have, man. But anyway, he they he goes he goes to the barn. They open it. He leads the lynch mob, and the biggest climax. Yeah, they open the doors. The girl is presented, and the actual moment. That isn't the focal point, but I think should be the focal point. It's probably, to most people, the little girl. Okay, wow, we've been waiting for it all season. Here she is. But to me, that moment where, you know, it's too late. You know, uh, Rick is trying to restrain a zombie. He's got one by, by the neck. Oh, with yeah. The, you know, and he's, of course, yelling at Shane. Not a whole lot they can do because they're they're roping him with the neck. Because Rick's going along with with Herschel, you know, like, help help me do this. Yeah. And um, But it's too late. He opens the barn. And all heck breaks loose, and they start blowing them away. And uh, I do like the part where Shane just blows away the zombies him and uh, Herschel have. I know, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, like, blows, blows their brains out right there. But, yeah. Um, yeah. okay, it's the point where it's too late. Zombies are out. The girl presents herself, and which is funny. It's very, it's very dramatic how she's the last one to come out. Like, oh, very dramatic for the show. She's not just in the mob. Yeah. But anyway, it's that moment where everything kind of freezes. And Rick pulls up his gun and he shoots her. No, to I me, agree. And that, that, what? That. Sorry, that's the moment. No, it's the best part of the show, I think, because well, it sums it all up. Because uh, he basically killed the girl four episodes ago when he left her out there alone, which is the stupidest thing ever. You leaving some young little girl to, you know, oh hide here, I'll be back for you. Why didn't he just, you know, why didn't he just kill one of the zombies? And <laughs> what was the point of hiding her when he could have just killed her when when she was with him? I, I don't know what to think back. I don't know. I don't know how hard it would have been just to take her, take, pick her up and take her over his shoulder. Yeah. You know, kill the I zombie, mean, the rock or something, so you, they don't hear the gunfire. And see, those that that part just kind of I didn't understand. Like in the beginning, I mean, they probably just try to throw something together and be like, okay, but, how but, can we get this girl to come back in the end? But you know what? It was just it was it was more than him just shooting her. It was like you know when he pulled that trigger. You know, who was it that really died? Was it the girl or was it Rick himself? Oh, yeah, I'm sure Rick's going to change after that. Because he looked like, you could see in his eyes, he just looked like he changed in an instant, you know? Yeah. But, but we don't know. Maybe he felt like, you know, he, I'm the leader of the pack and I should do it. Well, because it I was think, his responsibility to kill her, I think. I think, you know, he, I think he just gave, looked at Carol and gave her a nod and she gave a nod back. Am I correct? Mm, yeah, I think, I'm pretty sure. You know, and I'm, I, 
you know, it seems like that might have been a hard, seemed like a very rash and quick decision to make on Carol's part because a lot of parents and mothers might be like, don't kill my baby. But, you know, she had a, a yeah, wild. Yeah, she's been coping uh, with it for the past yeah, couple months. Exactly. So, anyway, I'm very eager to see on the second part of the season what that meant for Rick. Yeah. You know, because it seemed like it might have been pretty um, life changing for him, too. But that's pretty much the episode. That's or the last two. A brief summary. We didn't really talk about this, the one before that too much. But, you know, not a whole lot happened. You know, Daryl got shot. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, more more back and forth stuff with Herschel. You know, uh, he's having well the kid, the pregnant pregnancy. Oh, yeah, yeah. We don't know if it's... Uh, he's pregnant. We don't know if it's Rick's or Shane's. We still don't know if it's Rick's or Shane's. Shane, I think, pretty much is convinced it's his, of course. Yeah. Like, it always works out. And, uh, you know, and if... Uh, the Glenn... I think Glenn tells... Tells Dale for some reason. But, you know, just, just drama, man. So, that's the only... What's that? Um, I just think it's kind of funny how ever since Shane got a taste of Lori's cooter, he, uh, he's like obsessed with her. Yeah. I don't know, man. He talks like he's been obsessed with her since high school for crying out loud. Well, that's true. But who knows, man? The goods must have been that sweet. That's sick, dude. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, but, anyway. but yeah, that, that pretty much sums up the mid season. Yeah, I mean, if anybody has anything to comment on that we missed or maybe they're an opinion that we didn't touch on or something that you don't agree with, you know, as far as our opinions go, feel free to let us know. Yeah. Sound, sound off on the boards and all that good stuff. Yeah, so uh, what do you got going music-wise there, uh, Goose? Uh, music-wise, man, um, to be honest with you, it's been a really, really, really busy uh, last four weeks or so for me. I've been... You know, in coming back from Russia, spent a good week in New York City, uh, went home for a week for Thanksgiving. Now I'm in Orange County, uh, so I've been all over the map. Um, one show, when I was in St. Petersburg, I saw the so great Sir Elton John for the second time this year. And a fantastic show. He always delivers. Um, the bitch was truly in raw form. Mm-hmm. And um, I was very pleasantly surprised that he changed the set list up since his uh, show in the springtime here in the States. Um, very, very, very great. He was, you know, back in America where I, I saw him in Missouri, actually, he opened with Funeral for a Friend and Love Lies Bleeding, which honestly is very hard to compete with because that's a rare gem and an amazing song as well. But overall, the set list was amazing. And he closed with his ode to the Russian people, uh, Nikita which was very cool, a solo, and it was just a solo piece with him on piano. Mm-hmm. So it was a very, very lovely evening. Um, he definitely he definitely loves the Russian audience. As far as records go, um, gosh, the only new record I think I've listened to in the last few weeks is the new Megadeth 13, which I will say is, is a very solid record. Um, it, it, to me, it's exactly the way they described it would be, sort of a little bit of every piece of their career. It's a nice, it's a weird blend between sort of the mid nineties. Uh, there's a little bit of countdown to extinction in there, a little bit of euthanasia, um, quite a chunk of cryptic writings, which I don't have a problem with that. I like the nineties stuff. Mm. Um, and you know, there's, there's it's thrashy moments. There's it's peace cells moments and there's it's uh rust and peace moments, you know, but not super heavy on any of it. Whereas maybe Endgame was extra thrashy. Their last album, yeah. Um, the production itself, you know, it's it's pretty good. It might be a little stale. I mean, a little dry. 
but you know it's not a huge deal. Um, Dave Mustaine's voice is still sounding very Dave Mustaine-ish. You can tell he's getting older. It's you know a more rugged Dave Mustaine, but it's it's undeniably him, and everybody sounds really good on it. Um, some feedback on that album and some backlash is that a handful of songs have already been released before in some incarnation, like there's sudden death, which actually came out for uh, guitar hero legends of rock like last year. So they, they went ahead and put that as the first track on the album. So technically that's a rehash, but they re-recorded it. Um, there's, I believe it's two songs that were actually old demos that we've actually, they've never been professionally released, but they've been released as like B sides. Um, Millennium of the Blind, that was a B side on the reissue of Euthanasia. And they re recorded that and kind of tinkered with the writing of it and re released that here. Um, you know, as well as a, a, another one as well. So, you know, there's been some backlash on that. It's like, oh, you know, we got a handful of songs that have already been kind of out before. But you know what? They fit, and the record's good. I recommend giving a listen if you're a fan of Megadeth. Um, I personally like it better than Endgame as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and there's one track on there. I think I posted it on the wall, uh, Facebook wall, when I first started listening to the record, when I first got it. It's called Deadly Nightshade. It's very, very, very catchy. It's very grooving. So um, check out that song. Check out Sudden Death. Um, you know, and see if you like those tracks, you know, and they they represent the balance of the album. One of them's really fast. Sudden Death is kind of endgame-ish, very thrashy, and and, uh, Deadly Nightshade is very grooving. So check out those, and that should give you a pretty good idea, I'd hope. But, yeah. And we had a question. One question, I believe. It was a couple weeks back, a few weeks back. Um, Who was it that asked me? Do you have all that information up? It was, what what are my top ten favorite riffs? Or, yeah, it was basically what are some of your. Well, we got to give a shout out who uh, who asked the question. Uh, hold on. Yeah, it was. I think it was from Zach Wells. Okay. Um, Zach Wells asked me what were. Uh, I think he said like my top ten. I'm not sure. And I made a list because it was really fun to make this list, by the way. But it was really hard, and I didn't quite get ten. I think I got more like. Uh, <laughs> let me see what I got here. Like. I don't know. It looks like I got closer to 15 to 20. So here's mine. Um, Not necessarily in any particular order because then I'd be here for another year. But um, my list going down, Metallica blackened the intro riff, of course. Mm. To me, me it defines Metallica and it's – it just – it still gets my blood boiling, and it just gets gives me that that intro, you know, with the backwards uh, recorded guitars, and then you just it just builds and builds and builds to that climax where it just bursts into, you know, and you know, and I have this image of watching the the uh, live Seattle concert from the Justice Tour in '89 off the live shit binge and purge where they open with that song. YouTube it if you guys want, and. It's still one of the best memories as a child being a fan of that music because when it just bursts in, Hetfield's mop, his big blonde mop, is head banging so crazy, and you just you look at that, it's like wow, this Hetfield is no longer here anymore. But the, you know, I'm gonna enjoy this because he was the head. Well, I'm not saying that as an insult, but he's not. Yeah, yeah. No, he was no, crazy, man. His head banging was top form. It was just, he was nuts. So black and for sure the intro riff, and I'm getting particular on what parts of the riff too. Um, this is an obvious one. I couldn't escape it. Um, of course it was easy to say rain and blood, but I didn't want to say rain and blood. I, am going to go with Slayer and Angel of Death for the bridge, that bridge riff. Um, just as iconic as raining blood and it's just hard to deny it. And if you know, you guys all know what I'm talking about, whatever, it all makes us just bob our head and groove when we hear it. 
Um, Ozzy Osbourne, Diary of a Madman. You know, uh, after the uh, creepy arpeggio ends, it bursts in. The, the high gain comes on, and it bursts into the uh, the high gain muted version of that. And it's just it, it's just one of the greatest riffs that uh, Randy Rose produced. Uh, Megadeth. This is another kind of obvious one, but I couldn't Something help it. Destruction. No, no, no. Holy Wars. Oh. The pun- Holy Wars, the punishment due. I had to say this song, and it's one of their staples. And as far as which riff, the entire song, because Holy Wars has literally ten of the greatest thrash riffs all in one song in it. It is it is a perfect thrash song. Um, I had to throw a Black Sabbath one in there, and I'm going to choose Into the Void off of Master of Reality. It's just it defines sludge. It defines sludge, stoner, doomies. You know, it, it's perfect. Um, busting through it, King Diamond, Sleepless Nights off of Conspiracy. Um, just the um, the chorus riff, man, it is so catchy. It's one of my favorites uh, from Andy LaRock, um, Diamond's Axeman of the Day. Um, and then following suit, um, Merciful Fate, his uh, King Diamond's original band. I It's a toss-up, man, Into the Coven off of uh, Melissa, their debut. And or Gypsy off of Don't Break the Oath. Incredible, incredible tunes. My Pantera pick is going to be Becoming. You know, Becoming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I had never heard a riff like that. You know, it introduced me to the way Dimebag would use his uh, whammy pedal to make those riffs. That that high pitch, you know, cat stuck in an escalator squeal, mm-hmm. you know, that he would use. And it's just very iconic to me. And it's kind of the song that I think we all wish we wrote. Um, Dream Theater, I'm going to say their track Home off of Scenes from Memory, Metropolis Part 2. Um, and then actually I'm going to pick a track that's not a band, but it's from the Final Fantasy VII soundtrack. It's the battle theme uh, written by Nabuo Yamatsu. It's an incredible riff. Um, one of my favorites, um, our Mr. Daniel Tidwell Todd, I'm sorry, River, he uh, he actually covered this on his YouTube channel, you know, hmm. much and much much more about him, an interview coming with him to be posted on the site soon. Um, had to throw some priest, had, had to throw a priest in there, and it was really hard to pick, but, uh, you know, too much priest to pick, but I decided to throw in the Sentinel from uh, Defenders of the Face and maybe Bloodstone from Screaming for Vengeance. Um, old school Ryan James Dio, Rainbow, Stargazer, incredible Richie Back, Blackmore, um, Incredible guitar player and incredible riffing. Uh, Sepultura, old school Sepultura from Arise, Desperate Cry, when it just breaks in there. Do you remember that one, River? Uh, yeah. After the creepy, uh, you know, that mm-hmm. that melodic melody intro comes in and it just... It's just... It gets, it gets a rise out of me every time. Corrosion of Conformity, I want to say, In the Arms of God, off of their... Uh, off of their last album with Pepper Keenan... Um, Gosh, man, when did that come out? 2003, I think. I might be a little off on that. Maybe 2005. It is the last track on the album in, in the self, the the title track of the whole record. It is incredible. Very, very, very great record. The whole record itself is a really great homage homage to uh, bands like Black Sabbath and things like that. But it's incredible. And Rush, I'm gonna say this is kind of an obvious Rush track, but I'm gonna go ahead and say YYZ. To me, uh, YYZ defined the progressive rock instrumental and it laid the blueprint on all these bands that we see doing these instrumentals, you know, like dream theater, you know, whoever, YYZ is incredible. And it's a fantastic, fantastic riff. Uh, the whole song fronts back. 
uh, great solos too. I couldn't, I couldn't decide, man. I love Young Lust. I love Run Like Hell, um, both off of the wall, and you know, even even have a cigar. Even though it's not really riffing, but I'm going to say Young Lost to Run Like Hell for sure. But that rounds out my list. Well, that'll wrap up the segment, I guess. Let's. Yeah, uh, good, good question, Zach. That yeah, was a fun yeah one. keep them coming, man. Uh, Those ones are fun. We'll come back in the next segment. We'll, I think we're going to close out the show, and uh, we'll go from there. So uh, in that, you're listening to Behind the Mask. Hey, see you later, guys. If you've ever considered stepping behind the beaded curtain at a sleazy video store, If you've ever watched something so vile that you had to lock the door behind you. If you currently have a VCR still connected to your home theater. Then get yourself over to Exploited Cinema at exploitedcinema.blogspot.com Bat32 and J-Dog always keep it greasy and remember... To keep telling yourself it's only a podcast. It's only a podcast. It's only a podcast. It's only a podcast. Welcome back. Hope you enjoyed that review. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed the whole fucking show, people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Last circus, like we said. Yeah. Go to Netflix and watch it. Fuck yeah. Check that shit out. Um guess we're gonna go ahead and just kinda close out the show now. Um this yeah, might be we- uh well, maybe I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it all comes out. But maybe uh, one of our shorter shows, actually, yeah. for once. You know, past few I know have, have ran a ran a bit long. Uh, a little bit longer than I like. Yeah, but. I don't really like to do them too long either. But um, hopefully, this one will yeah be a little sh- shorter and sweeter. And we're trying to figure out like I don't know. I don't know what we're going to be talking about next show. I really want to get next, you know, another show up before Christmas. Definitely. That's my ultimate goals. And um, I'd like to get the fans involved somehow or yeah. if there's anybody listening out there involved. Yeah, yeah. If you guys have any ideas, man, on how you guys want to get involved, you know, you know, whatever. I mean, we'll, we'll, we will take any suggestions, so... Just like we always said, this show isn't, you know, written in stone, you know, the format or anything. Not at all, man. So, we're trying to tweak some new things. I mean, we need to change it up. For our our loyal, you know, listeners, you guys all know that, you know, each show's been (laughs) a little different, you know. Like, nothing's been exactly the same every show. And let us know what you like and, let you know, let us know what you don't like. Like, I mean... There's certain shows that we could obviously tell as and get more, you know, more yes. love than other ones, yeah. which is fine with us. We really don't care. Just, uh, you know, just let us know what you you guys want to hear, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, we'll make it happen. And for sure, yeah. Well, in the um, you know, in the uh, closing of the show here, I uh, I do want to mention too. Um, um, I know we've mentioned it on the show before, and we posted stuff on the Facebook page um, about the deadhour.com. Yeah. Um, I actually had the privilege of uh, getting out to one of their uh, launch parties for uh, their second season. It was uh, their, uh, see, I think it was Webisode 3 uh, called The Backseat. And uh, mm-hmm. I got to go check, uh, check that out and uh, kind of drink and have some fun with uh you know the people behind that that web series and some of the actors and the the director and writers and all that stuff and it was i had a hell of a good time a lot more fun than i probably should have had um <laughs> uh 
for a Tuesday night. Um, it was a hell of a good time, and those guys are, they're, I mean, just everybody involved. They're all great people. Um, and so definitely check that out, man, thedeadhour.com. Um, that episode, or the webisode that I saw was really good, and they just put out the fourth webisode um, within the past couple days of us recording this here. It's called Inside Man mm-hmm. and uh, has a great concept. It's a, a guy who's, I believe it's called an agoraphobic, somebody that's afraid of going outside, you know, like leaving their house. Yeah. And so he's an agoraphobic, but he's in a haunted house. Yeah. So he's scared of what's in the house, and he's scared to go outside the Jeez. house. So, uh, fantastic concept. It's a, a great little web series, kind of Tales from the Crypt, Twilight Zone type of stuff. Um, really, really good stuff. Uh, really entertaining. And they, they've gotten, you know, some uh, some national press, I believe, and, you know, uh, uh, national uh, horror magazines and internet magazines and stuff like that. So, uh, definitely check them out. I just wanted to make a make a mention of that before we before we close the show. Also, I kind of wanted to throw out there that we want to do like a a mystery VHS giveaway. Yeah, what we'd actually been talking about. Yeah. And for Christmas, I I really want to do this. Like uh, here in the next few weeks, you know, two to three weeks, I'm we're going to be posting something on the Facebook page, and uh, you know, the winner of whatever whatever it is i i know what i'm kind of working out the details right now with uh, lush and uh goose but um the winner gets you know a free vhs and you know we'll throw you a, you know, just send us your address and we'll throw you a free vhs and uh we'll go from there just uh for listening you know we appreciate it so and we got some pretty cool old vhs movies and yeah stuff, if you're if you're into if you're into vhs we definitely you know have some things you might be interested in because it's so. been kind of crazy a lot of people are collecting vhs movies like they've been collecting like people collect records you know yeah. like albums and stuff like that you know so um you know and we we've come across some pretty good ones yeah so uh you know what actually i'll you know i'll say this even if it's out of my own personal collection, okay. the uh, the first person that comments on our Facebook page, I want you to comment the word clit boner. Clit boner. <laughs> the first person that posts clit boner on our Facebook page, I will send you a cool VHS movie. Sweet. How about that? I want to yeah. see. I want to see who's listening. Yeah. You can't beat that a clip yeah. boner. That's I mean yeah. that's just gonna you know, <laughs> right in the face. I love that. That's the pack. Clip boner is the password. But yeah, yeah, and we'll we'll send you a pretty solid VHS too. It's not Definitely. gonna be some you know shit Jerry Maguire VHS. Uh, <laughs> no type of movie. Nothing but, like uh, that. It'll be a good one. But uh, yeah, sweet. Um, clip boner. Uh, clip boner. Remember that. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> thanks guys for listening. Uh, we're, I don't know, hoping to get something out here pretty soon for Definitely. the next episode. So Yeah, we always, we we hope that there won't be a, a long, you know, uh, pause in between episodes, but sometimes it just happens that way. So yeah. Hopefully we'll get the next one out here soon. All right, well, that'll wrap it up. And this is The River Man. And The Lush. And you're listening to Behind the Mask. Keep it sleazy, bitches.